Who are you? He had a voice that could make a Wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. Yeah, I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. <laughs> Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos and motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Welcome, everybody. It is Wednesday, February 7th. This is the Mike Rutherford Show. We're coming to you from the world-famous University of Louisville College of Business Studios here in gloriously beautiful Louisville, Kentucky today. Cards fans, if you want to take accounting to a whole new level, you can do so with your Master's in Accounting and Analytics from the UofL College of Business. In-depth data analytics courses allow you to achieve a new mastery of accounting in this AACSB accredited program, 11-month competitive internship opportunities and full access to the Becker CPA exam review prepare, prepare you to graduate career ready in just 12 months. For more information to start your journey today, visit business.louisville.edu. We're on the air today from 3.06 until 6 here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the planet Earth. You know us better as the Big X, Mike Rutherford. And Justin Kalen, a.k.a. Scooter Ding, is back here with you on a Wednesday, a game day edition of the Mike Rutherford Show. Game day. As we get you ready for Louisville at Syracuse tonight. 7 o'clock tip-off on the ACC Network. You can hear the action uh, on our sister station, 970 WGTK. Cards looking for back-to-back conference victories for the first time since starting 4-0 in the ACC in 2022-2021, uh, the last season of under Chris Mack. The Mac Pagese season, as we like to refer to it. Hard to believe they started 4-0 in ACC play that uh, that season. But since then, have not won back-to-back conference games. Could make it happen tonight after Saturday's victory over Florida State. Before we talk about that and many, many other things for the next three hours, got to say hi to my guy Scoots. Scoots, how, how are we on this Wednesday? Once again, working like quadruple duty here at Big X Nation. I am. I'm, I'm here. Been here all day. Love this place. It's my... I was going to say my second home, but it's my first home at this point. So, yeah, I love being here. That That's somewhat facetious, somewhat true. I, I, I really do like being here. But, no, I'm good. I'm still still battling some sickness over here. So, I've kind of I've kind of had a pounding headache all day. I took some medicine for that a little bit ago. So, that's kicked in somewhat. But I'm still rocking with the no light over here, and it's, it seemed to really help. I feel like everybody's dealing with some stuff. I, I don't know if it's the – I have stuff happen when I when – I've always had this, but doubly so in the last couple of years dealing with the the long COVID stuff. When the temperature shifts dramatically, mm-hmm. like I something I don't know if it's like the air pressure or something, but like it messes with me a little bit. Mary's been dealing with the like a constant headache. My like heart chest fluttering stuff has gotten really bad the last few days. It's been 
just all sorts of weird feelings. Well, I, I think I don't know the, what's going on. I think the warm weather makes doesn't that like make the plants and trees start to bloom and that therefore puts allergens in the air. And I don't know if we're dealing with pollen and stuff yet. I don't think that maybe a little bit of that, but I don't I don't think that that's I mean, I'm I'm pretty much resigned to the fact that I'm allergic to everything that's outside yeah. at this point in my life cuz yeah. I am I, I, allergies bother me all year round. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm an asthmatic living in the Ohio Valley. Like when COVID first became a thing, and they Do you were take like, medicine for it though. Uh, yeah, because I don't. I have medicine, well, see, but I don't take it. I don't know why I'm so ignorant. Like that. I mean, I, I don't take like I have an inhaler that I only use. It's like an emergency deal. The ones that they give you for daily use, like the steroid inhalers, just make me feel like crap all the time. They've tried. They've tried, they've tried like five different ones on me, and I'm just like, it doesn't work. It, it makes me feel bad. The wheezing doesn't change. I've got the worst lungs in the entire world. Nothing fixes it, so I, I use the emergency inhaler when I need it. But besides that, like I, I take Zyrtec and uh, Pepsid every day just for long COVID stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the, the antihistamines help a little bit, um, but besides that, like I've never done it. I've never done anything besides that to deal with the the common allergies and stuff. But yeah, like when COVID first started, they're talking about sneezing and being tired like the, those are the you know just cough like general feeling of unwell yeah those are the big symptoms i'm like i'm an asthmatic in the ohio valley with at that time with like a one-year-old kid like i, I feel like i've got COVID every single day yeah. like it's just you know it's impossible to recognize the real symptoms but uh, I, I do think the 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 air just kind of messes with people around here it is nice out though man it's I, hard to avoid going outside I, though. I stepped out during my break and i was like holy smokes this is awesome i know when i left uh, you, the, the kids were outside playing like they were enjoying the backyard a little bit, getting a little swing set time in, getting a little bike time in. Let's go. I know, and it's you know, it's it's they do this though to you in this area. They'll tease you. Like yes. we still got this is very much so a tease. Yeah. There is a last gasp of winter coming, and it's going to be brutal because yeah. they they do this with every season where it's like, oh, it's uh, it's it's actually falls here, and like, no, it's ninety eight degrees in the site last week of September, like. It, like, we're we're going to enjoy this. It's supposed to get even warmer this weekend. I think yep. next week it's going to be nice, too. But and then a bunch of colds coming. Yeah, you, we're going to get hit. Like It, it will snow again, I bet. We're going to have like a, maybe another ice situation. According to a guy, a uh, meteorologist on Facebook that I follow along with, he's not a real meteorologist, but he just does it for fun. He thinks we're going to have several more snow events. Really? Yeah. He said Mar- he's expecting March to be pretty brutal. March? Yeah. I don't like that. I don't, end, I don't end care of, that at all. Maybe not the whole of March, but end of end of February going into March. Yeah, he's he's expecting some cold. Because March is always, but he's sort, been wrong. March <laughs> is always the sort of the same way too. I feel like there have yeah. been times where, you know, because I always associate everything with college basketball at that time of the year. And I, I remember there have been times where Louisville's been getting ready for the conference tournament, and it's been like gloriously nice outside, and then kind of you get hit with like another last gasp. It's really really cold for you know, conference tournaments uh, or. or First weekend of the NCAA tournament, something like that. But February, they do this. Like they, yeah. we'll get teased with this for like a week and a half. We'll think it's a oh, spring's here. Remember last year, like plants started blooming and stuff, and then bam, we got hit with <laughs> yep. a free, and like everything died. It's gonna be the same thing this year. I feel like all of our boxwood like died. Like all this, you, you walked around our neighborhood and you saw all these people had all their plants in the front yard that had just been they died because they started blooming and then uh, you know freeze hit again and it was it was tough. It's a tough look for everybody. So. I'm not buying it. I'm enjoying it while we've got it, but I'm fully cognizant of the fact that we're going to get a last gasp of winter. It's it's going to hit us. It's mm-hmm. going to be bad. Um, Scoots, I have to start with this because yeah. you we we've tackled the the you and Gil living situation a couple of times. I hate to lead with this. It's all good, but we talked about you know the the, the cracks. You complaining about There's Gil no not cracks. helping out, 
But so I'm, I'm not going to stand for spreading rumors. Well, this anymore. is what I was curious it's all about. Good. This, this is what I was curious about because I, I didn't get a chance to listen to KRC this morning. Um, but when I got home, I noticed like TJ's show tweet, his teasing tweet, was all about like we're going to get to the bottom of like Scoots is ready to talk about the real Gill situation, stuff like it was something along today? those. Yes, it was. It was something along those lines. Um, let's see if I can find it. Yes. Kentucky roll call, yes, it was just Vanderbilt, but last night was impressive. And Scoot's plans on telling us what's really been going on lately. I so, don't no, we did I don't I remember don't know if it was just a shameless tease. No, I don't remember discussing Gil this morning. If I if we did, I was I guess out of it. But yeah, I think he may be referring to his post game shows. Because uh, I guess I guess I, I was in last night, but I was like on the brink of falling asleep because it was like ten after ten thirty. So I turned it on, and shortly after I turned it on, I just passed out. And so he had this wild theory this morning that I've been hopping in the whole time every post game to help the numbers and haven't really even been listening or whatever. No. Well, I guess that's what he's referring to. I, I don't know. Cause it, I, I, guess I don't I was, remember discussing Gil. I guess I was thrown off because the tweet immediately after that was the, the guy who had the Photoshop, the oh brilliant Photoshop gosh. of these guys are of out. you – doing Harry Potter, and it just said Scoots Potter and Gil's Chamber of Secrets with you uh, photoshopped onto Harry's face flying on a broom. People that photoshop like that amaze the hell out of me. It's great. I mean, they're, they are hilarious. You all never cease to make me laugh. Professional photoshops are great, but super amateur photoshops. Yeah. Oh, it, they're, they're that's hilarious. I laugh harder at that every single time. <laughs> Absolutely. But, so that, they, I assume that something else came out about Gil today, and I was very curious. But it sounds like we've got no new developments. Yeah, it, I don't, everything's fine on the home front. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'll have to reach out to TJ and and just make sure, but yeah, I don't, I don't think there was anything. Okay, I good. Think we were all good. Solid, uh, solid Tuesday night. Yeah, watched, uh, watched the cats. Played some Hogwarts. Uh, oh no, no, it wasn't a solid Tuesday night. No, no, it wasn't, Mike. I did something for the first time in my life last night. Okay. In regards to Indiana basketball, I say watched Indiana win. I turned an Indiana game off. Uh oh, I did. I watched the entirety of that Penn State game on Saturday. About threw up in my mouth for 40 straight minutes. Turn into that Ohio State game. The first hour is off the rails awful. First I mean, the, bad. the worst basketball I've seen out of Indiana in maybe my lifetime. So I thought about giving up at halftime. I was like, yeah, Hogwarts just seems like more fun at this at the po- this point. I'll just go play on the PlayStation a little bit. But I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to hang in there. Went and grabbed me a brew out of the fridge. I was like, I'll hang in for the second half. Two minutes into the second half was somehow even worse than the entirety of the first half combined. And I just, I rage quit. You rage quit. I was, I said, I can't do it. Any. I looked at Gil. I was like, I, I've never quit an Indiana basketball game in my life, I don't think, but I'm doing it tonight. I was like, I can't, I can't do it. So I hit, I hit up the PlayStation. I'm sitting there playing probably, it was probably close to an hour later. I mean, that game went so late last night. It was like almost 9.30 when it ended. I was shocked when I, when I saw people starting to tweet, because I wasn't watching the end, when I saw people starting to tweet their reactions to like the result, Yeah, I was like, didn't it tip off at 7? It's yeah. like, it was like 9.40. Well, I mean, there was one just really stupid long delay in the first half for, well, we got to check if it's a flagrant one or flagrant two. Hold mm. tight, y'all. And it took forever. I was... To the point where I was screaming, like, we have got to do something about this. This is ridiculous. And Indiana didn't even have momentum at the time. If they had momentum, I'd have been even more mad. But, so anyways, I'm sitting there playing, and all of a sudden, Gil looks at me and he goes, dude, 
turn the Indiana game on. And I was like, no, why? And he was like, y'all are only down one. And I was like, well, they cool. They uh they won or they came back without me watching. So I'm just I'm I, my mindset was I don't really want to tune in because what if Ohio State hits a last second shot and sure. then it's like, yeah. well, what did exactly. I even turn this back on for? You feel like the jinx. Exactly. So I was like, I'm gonna whatever happens, happens, you know. And then wasn't but a few seconds later, dude, y'all are up by two. And I was like, Are you serious? And there was like seven seconds left or whatever. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so, so stupid. And it was on Peacock, so I don't even know for a fact if I can go back and watch it even. That sucks. Yeah. I've heard you've that also, I can, well, but you, maybe not. The thing is now, like, you've also pigeonholed yourself. Like, like you've got to, basically, every single time they play bad in the first yeah. half from now, like, you got you have to turn the game off. No, I can't do it, though, Mike. That, if, that if, stung me If this becomes a thing, night. like, you realize you have to do this. Who are they playing Saturday? It's somebody. It's Purdue. Yeah. If they're well, down like twenty at the half against Purdue, I may not even start that. You just we'll just turn it off at after, at halftime and see what happens. Because maybe you found the secret sauce. Maybe this is how it's going to work. Yeah, I don't want that to be the secret sauce. So that's a I bad way to fan. I mean, I did this when I was again a much younger person, but I remember the nineteen ninety six NCAA tournament. I was I guess eleven, and Louisville played Tulsa. It was Tubby Smith's Tulsa team. And like we're we're down, I don't remember what it was, but like we're down like eleven with three minutes left, and I'm like I'm crushed. I'm like this is what you've looked forward to this entire year, and, and it's you know it's it's done in one day. This sucks. And I I went outside and started shooting basketball on the little goal we had in our driveway, and my dad like kept coming out and being like giving like updates. He's like he's like they're only down by five, and I'm like I can't come in now. <laughs> and he's like they're only down by two. Like Dewan just hit a three. And he's like keeps coming out. He's like they're going to overtime, and we end up winning the game. And from that point forward, like for big games in the NCAA tournament, when we were getting our asses kicked, I felt the need to go outside, and I hated doing it. But I'm like, I've, I've got to do what I can to win. Like, did, did you watch overtime? No. Wow. I wouldn't come in. You committed. I, That's I, awesome. The game was over. Like I, I had to stay out until I was told. Like I remember at one point, Dad came out and he was like, "You can come in. Like it's over. Like they're up by like seven with like thirteen seconds left to come and nope, watch the end." Not coming. No, I did. I, 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 <laughs> at that point, I did come in and watch the very end. But like the next year, we played North Carolina in the Elite Eight. We had a crazy run to the Elite Eight. It was it was awesome. It was the like definitive NCAA tournament run of my childhood. And you know, we we upset. Uh, who we upset? New Mexico in the second round. We beat UMass, Trevieso, and Padilla in the first round. Got uh, Texas in the Sweet 16. Beat them, and then we were playing North Carolina. Like this was the the big test, the number one seed in the region, and we we're getting our ass kicked. Dewan Wheat was hurt. It sucked. Like we, he gotten hurt the game before, and so I go outside. I think we're down like 20, and I go outside and I'm just shooting the goal again, and it starts happening again. <laughs> My dad's like, "We're down. We're down 12." He comes back out a few minutes later. I'm like, I'm, I'm like living and dying for every update. He's like, he's like, they've cut it to six. He's like, they cut it to three. And I'm like, oh my god, it's happening. And I refuse to come in. And then I remember he came back out, and I was like, what's it gonna be? And he's like, they're down 12. You can come in. He's, 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 like, he's like, it's over. They ended up losing by like 21. But they like they, they did make a gigantic rally and come back. And if they had come back and won that game for the rest of my life, every time Louisville was down big in an NCAA tournament game, I would have had to have gone outside and and. and shot the basketball and refused to watch. See, if I had a basketball hoop, maybe I would do it. But I, I just don't think I can. We don't have one either at the new house. I'd have to go like shoot on the, the kids' Fisher-Price goal in the basement, <laughs> which I have not, which I will do if I get super sure. nervous yeah. at times. Yeah, I'm, I'm not opposed to it. Every every guy I know that has kids and has one of those goals, they shoot on that goal. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just... I, I, it's I, just instinct. 
I also like all the little like you know the little Nerf balls we have lying around. Like I'm constantly lying on my back and just throwing those against the wall and catching game. Mary's like, you turn oh, yeah. it. She's like, you turn everything into a game. I'm like, yeah. That's that's <laughs> are you meeting me for the first time? When that's I'm in my entire life. When I'm at the hotel, which is very little now, I. Uh, one of my main jobs is to inspect rooms, so I carry around this sticky roller, right? But it's it's a long one, so I don't have to like bend down or anything. And I just constantly throughout the day, I'm sitting there swinging it like a golf club or swinging it like a baseball bat or just all day. Yeah, it's it's just it's, it's the biggest stress reliever we ever had was it's still at my parents' house. I remember I got it as a gift for it was like a little Valentine's Day gift when I was in sixth grade. It was, it was like a little one of those little. Like kind of basketball hoops with a, with a mini Louisville ball, but the the rim is actually like true metal, so it's it, w- it wasn't like one of the Nerf ones where it just breaks, it's plastic mm-hmm. and dunk down. So like it, it's sturdy, and I would just I would constantly it's in my parents' kitchen, and just go in there like when I get nervous during U of L games and just like shoot around during like the TV timeout, shoot around <laughs> during like it was all I was all like my my family used to get so upset because it'd be like eleven o'clock they were trying to sleep and you'd just hear like the thump 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 like down to them I'm like it's, it's, it was a stress reliever it's what I did. I created like little games. It's just, uh, it's dudes being dudes, guys being dudes, who we are. We can't help it. Um, so, yeah, that's, th- that was your situation last night, but still, got to feel good. Big win. I mean, yeah. it, it, you know, big win. It, it was, I think, more, I hate to say this to you, but more about the Ohio State loss probably than about the, the Indiana win. Man, that's fine. From a national perspective, because sure. all of a sudden you look at Ohio State and it's like, and they've lost what nine of ten. They've lost five in a row. Chris Holtman, maybe a little bit on the hot seat. Maybe I still can't believe he's been there seven years. Yeah, maybe, maybe he's about to be doing Field of Sixty Eight podcast with Rob Doster and Jeff Goodman next year. That kind of seems like a likely scenario. I don't want to be a. I don't. I don't really care much for those guys, and I don't want him to be part of that category. And he's. He might be learning Field of Sixty Eight pretty soon here. I mean, because look. They had a bad year last year, didn't make the NCAA tournament. When they have made the NCAA tournament in recent years before that, they've just consistently underachieved, lost as a two-seed to Oral Roberts uh, three years, four years ago, whenever that was, 2021. Um, haven't made it out of the first weekend. They've never made it out of the first weekend under Holtman. They've had some really good teams, and that you know, I know it's a football fan base, but they still have a pretty proud basketball tradition, and they're not going to stand for being this bad for much longer. And this may be it. Like, I would, would not if they just continue to tank for the rest of the season. I would not be shocked at all if he does not come back next. I year. mean, Indiana no. swept them, so it's a bad loss for him last yeah. night for sure. Not good at all. It was also a bad night for the Big X Big Bets. It uh, was. Yeah. That, that was Toby Parlay was looking good though. The to- I, I told until you until the very end. That Wyoming one was the one where I kind of cringed. Where I was like, yeah, that's uh, I don't, I don't know how I feel about. Turns that out, one. ten and a half was not enough points. Ten and a half was not enough points. <laughs> Richard's got a squad in New Mexico. They're very good and. um it still did better than my picks, which were doomed from the start. Somebody messaged me on Twitter and was like, oh, I'm just listening to the podcast right now. I hate that I missed the the Carolina pick because they're off to a hot start here. And I looked back and they're like, they're down 20 to 12. I'm like, well, you may have caught a break there, buddy. You, hit him, you, hit, you should have hit him back. Thanks, Jinxie Cat. Yeah, I'm like, you're welcome, actually. It's your fault. For, for not getting that. All three of those. And then at least like, I was like, at least I got the Charlotte Moneyline pick. Because Charlotte's up like 17 in the second half. Mm-hmm. I don't even look, and it's one of those where I haven't gotten the update. They're like, "Congratulations, you won your bet," and I'm like, "Did uh, they lost?" I'm like, "What? They lost and didn't cover? They collapsed. Well, I, I took them straight up, but they didn't cover either. It was two and a half. They lost by three. Oh. They were up by a ton they the entire were, night. Yeah. I thought that one was safe, and I missed that. Yeah, missed that. Missed the um, Boise State did not come close to covering against no. Colorado State. It's what I get for going against Sean Moth. I, I apologize for that. And then the only other bet that I made last night was 
I did take Texas Tech to cover against Baylor, uh, and I, I got six, I think. Whatever it was, they pushed. So I, I got that money back. Second push bet in as many nights. But we've had two bad nights in a row. It only means that we're due. Mm. I feel I feel good about Big X Big Bets tonight. It will not involve the Louisville-Syracuse game, but I've got a couple picks for you tonight. We're going to we're gonna be better. Love it. Outside of that, uh, it kind of a, you know, it was a, not a crazy night in college basketball. A lot of top 25 teams playing, but no real insane results, I guess, outside of that Carolina loss to Clemson, which was surprising. I mean, I don't know if we're just if we're so cynical at this point, but I feel like every time Louisville plays somebody and it, it's relatively close or, you know, God willing, we win, we all come back with the same reaction of, like, I'm not impressed with this team. Like, I think they kind of suck. Like, like the, the Clemson game a couple weeks ago, and I had the same thought, but I heard so many of my friends and so many people on social media being like, did this Clemson team supposed to be in the NCAA tournament? They look awful. And they did try and keep us in that game. Uh, as impressive as it was for us to to make that 33-15 to 15 run to end the game without a point guard, without uh, basically with six scholarship guys available, Clemson helped us out a lot. And maybe that was just, you know, they're not, they're overlooking us, they're not playing that well, but my goodness, they could not put that game away. And then they come out of nowhere last night and went on the road over a Carolina team that had very clearly established itself as the class of the conference and still probably is. But look, dude, I, I, I said this yesterday, the Virginia thing is happening right now. It's absolutely mm-hmm. happening. They've done this now five or six times, I feel like, since we've joined the conference, where they start slow in non-conference play. They lose a couple of games in November and December that they're not supposed to. They start a little bit slow in the ACC. This year they lost by 22 to Notre Dame, who's maybe the worst team in the conference. And you're like, yeah, man, Virginia just, they, they stink. This is the end of Tony Bennett. Maybe he's not adjusting to NIL and the transfer portal. And then you just kind of stop paying attention to him. And you know, they're winning some close games over some bad teams, and then they're winning some some comfortable games over some good teams. And you're like, are they? Maybe, maybe they're okay. They might make the NCAA tournament. And then, bam, it's late February, and you're like, oh, my God, they're going to win the ACC again. Like, they do this all the time, and it's happening again right now. They're now just one game behind North Carolina, uh, who, who dropped its second ACC contest last Ooh, night. Their schedule is pretty cake. Who's Virginia's? Yeah. Yeah, they played all the tough teams early on. Like, they, like they're... I, I'm telling you right now, they may not win it outright, but do not be surprised at all if we're talking about Virginia's 175 straight uh, straight conference tournament. Now they do, like they get North Carolina at home in their their only game against them, so that's the one to circle. I think it's let's see, it's two, it's two Saturdays from from this week, the 24th. They'll host North Carolina if they can win that game, get the head to head advantage, knock them down in the loss column, bring them back down to their level. Just you know. There's not a whole lot else on that schedule. They do have to play away at Duke, but besides that, like they're kind of smooth sailing here for the rest of the, of the regular season. Carolina's got the the return game against Duke. That'll be a challenge. They've still got to play uh, VT, who's decent. They got to play uh, NC State, who's decent. They're, the good thing for them is their tough games outside of Virginia are pretty much all at home. So mm-hmm. it, 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 I'm not gonna say it's a two horse race because Duke is still right there looming. But Virginia, they're doing that thing again. They're, they're just they're, they're doing what they do. We also had uh, UConn taking care of business against Butler. Houston, no real problem with Oklahoma State, although Oklahoma State Oklahoma covered. State did cover. Ooh, as go part Cowboys. Of the, uh, the, the, the Toby, the TK parlay. Wyoming's Different fake TK. Cowboys. Uh, Baylor handled Texas Tech 79-73. That was the six-point push. I was right about Iowa State going on the road and beating Texas, although I did not bet it, which made me feel mm. 
Good yeah. job. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I was also right about South Carolina beating Ole Miss and did not bet that either. So that was, was you, had, you had yourself a night. Was not great. I was wrong about St. Joe's beating Dayton. Dayton is is very good. Deron Holmes uh, w- was taunting the crowd at the very end of the game. It was a, there's a crazy clip. I I put it on Twitter, but I didn't. I don't think I properly laid out exactly what was going on because Dayton was playing at St. Joe's, which is a, a hostile environment. The student section's fired up. It's the biggest home game in the A10 for them that season. And so I'm assuming the Dayton players have been hearing it all night. They're up by three in the closing seconds. And like Deron Holmes is doing, he's like, he's like talking trash to the student section. He's doing the like go to sleep motion. A couple of the other guys are doing the go to sleep motion. And while that's happening, some dude for Dayton just like shoots it from the Hawk logo and buries it. Like it's, <laughs> it's like, the, it's like the most embarrassing clip. If you're a St. Joe's fan of all time, like the players are just, you know, it's a double digit loss. It's over. The fan base is, is furious. They gave up 60 points to Dayton in the second half and just insult to injury. This dude just steps up and from like 35 feet out, buries it. No rim at all. It's a tough clip. But uh, they, they did take care of business on the road with a 15-point win over St. Uh, St. Joe's. Kentucky hammered Vandy. Yeah. 109-77. They could not miss from three in the first half. Should have saved some of those for teams that actually matter in that conference. But, yeah, got, got it right a little bit. Nevada did go on the road and beat Utah State. There's a very realistic chance. Not a very realistic chance, but a, a somewhat realistic chance that we're going to get six teams out of the Mountain West Conference in the NCAA tournament. Like Nevada is making its case now. They're now 19-4 overall, 18-5 uh, overall. Utah State in, probably. Colorado State in, probably. New Mexico in, probably. And then there are a couple other teams that would have a, a solid shot. And then who knows what happens in that conference tournament. It's a, it's a really good league. Now they have to do it in, in the NCAA tournament. San Diego State helped that perception a lot last year by going to the national championship game. But they've... By and large, for the last decade, they've been bad in the NCAA tournament. San Diego State, by the way, did take care of business. They beat Air Force on the road by 13. Oklahoma knocked off number 21 BYU, 82-66. to Porter Moser. Did it for Toby. Porter Moser, doing it for did Toby. Did you see that tribute? I did not. Was it good? They put a guitar and, I think, a hat in his normal spot. I didn't realize he had a normal spot. It was pretty cool. Props, yeah. to, props to Toby. I knew he went to like football games and stuff. I didn't realize he had like a normal spot I mean, I guess for basketball. He, a normal spot for when he goes. Gotcha. I'm sure he didn't go to all of them. Yeah, well, you know, props to him. Got support. Props to anybody who's supporting Oklahoma basketball down there. It, it doesn't right. get a lot of love. Doesn't get enough love. And then New Mexico, as mentioned, hammered Wyoming on the road, ninety-one to seventy-three. I assume you saw Kelvin Sampson go crazy. That was awesome. That was awesome. It was awesome because they're up by twenty. But it was it, it, he had every right to be upset about that. If you don't, yeah. know, I, I did retweet the clip last night. Like whoever his he, his front court player is. He's fronting the post for the Oklahoma State Center. And the Oklahoma State Center basically just like punches him in the back twice. Just like drills him, like shoves him as hard mm-hmm. as he can to get him out of the way. Nobody calls anything. Oklahoma State player catches a pass and, and lays it in. And Sampson comes flying from the other <laughs> end of the court. And he's getting his money's worth. Like, like he gets ejected. He goes nuts. Like he, he just absolutely loses it. And again, they're up 49 to 29 when this happens. But uh, that was, it was nice to see that passion. Would not hate to see it here on the Louisville sidelines, Kelvin, if you want to. <laughs> want to bring it here now's we have, we, we have better officiating in the acc now's your time kelvin sampson guy <laughs> we really don't have better officiating we have a uh a rutherford show question of the day we do this every day like once a month and we'll talk about that <laughs> after the break we'll get into the louisville syracuse discussion it's a let's say it's a big game it's not really it's not really a big game for either team in terms of ncaa tournament hopes or, or conference positioning i guess syracuse still has an outside shot to make the ncaa tournament but uh, probably probably not going to happen but it is big for the, the, the Kenny Payne discussion, the fan base, the talking points that we have right now, the potential likelihood of this team 
you know, winning six or seven games in conference play. If they win this one and they look good in the process on the road, it will it'll flip the narrative a little bit more and we'll have to talk about it. But we'll get into the game after the break. Keep it locked right here. We want to hear from you on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. We get some of those as well back here after this on 1450 The Big Guys. Excuse Jam right here. Come on. Welcome back in to the Mike Rutherford Show, 1450-961, the Big X. Cards back in action tonight on the hardwood. They will head up to Syracuse to play, and I refuse to call it whatever the name it is now. It's the Carrier Dome, now and forever. I don't even remember what it is. I wrote it, I wrote it out today on the, the game preview, and I still refuse to acknowledge it. Little John? Not Little John. Oh, that was Clemson. That was Clemson. I wish every... Every stadium was a little job. The JMA Wireless Dome. It's the Carrier Dome, for God's sake. It's You, you can't just change. It, 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 Jim Beheim's still their coach to me. He was there for 47 yeah. years. He's their coach forever. Adrian Autry, no disrespect to you. No respect to the fine people at JMA Wireless, but it's the Carrier Dome and it's Jim Beheim. We're getting ready for the 2-3 zone tonight. If they come out and they don't play it, I'm going to be shocked. I don't, I don't care that they don't play zone anymore. It feels wrong to be talking about Syracuse in these in these terms. But it is a Syracuse team. Wait, they don't play zone anymore? No, they don't. Oh, that changes my whole feelings on the BHH props I saw earlier. Man-to-man defense. They're not not a bad defensive team. They've actually played better defensively this year than they did with that zone the last couple of years under Bayheim. They're a decent defensive team for sure. But it's a Syracuse team overall that's 14-8 and 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 5-6 in the ACC. 7 o'clock tip-off tonight in Syracuse. The Qs are a a 8.5-point favorite. Uh, Louisville lost last year just by a point to Syracuse at home. They're four and seven all time in road games against the Qs. I don't know what to make of this game. If I'm being perfectly honest, it's a great way to start this conversation. I would not be shocked if Louisville goes up there and wins again. I would not be shocked at all if Louisville goes up there and loses by twenty. It's it's not like it's a. I can't tell which team is going to show up. I think it's just a matter of we know who they are. We know that they've been playing hard recently. We know they've been playing better offensively recently. It's if the shots don't fall, if you don't have somebody who's giving a career game, where do you turn? And also, I have no idea what's going to go on as far as the rotations are concerned tonight. Mm -hmm. Sky Clark, we'll find out, I guess, about his availability before the game. I don't know if they've announced anything definitively. Payne's only media availability this week was on the ACC coaches teleconference on Monday. If he plays and he starts at point guard and Tyler comes off the bench and Tyler's back to playing his his typical like 20 minutes and you know you're trying to figure out if you're going to play Sky and, and Tyler together or if if Tyler's only going to come in when Sky needs a break and, and the the offense looks clunky and gross do you change that up? Do you go with Tyler and just ride the hot hand? What do you want to see? I want to see him roll with Tyler. And in the starting lineup and Sky too or no? Yes, I would like to see that. I don't think that I don't think that will happen. But my god, I mean, 
we've been so bad all season long, the last two years. We just scored 101 points. It's not a great Florida State team, but it's a fine Florida State team. Mm-hmm. We scored 101 points on them. Tyler Johnson did something that quite literally no Louisville player had ever done before. He's the ACC Rookie of the Week. He, he did something that very few players nationally have done at the power conference level over the last decade. Why not just, hey, see, let's see where this goes. It's not like it's not like going back to the way that we've done things for most of the season is going to guarantee success. It's not like it's been working out really well. You don't have a whole lot to you don't have a whole lot to lose at this point. So yeah, I'd love to see him just kind of rock with Tyler and see what happens. If maybe he goes out there, turns the ball over a bunch, can't make a shot, can't get the offense going, but it's worth a try at this point. I would love to see it. Well, here's the deal. Here's the way I see it. If I don't know that it matters because I'm expecting a big Trey White game, right? Okay. After a goose egg last game, and he took, what, two shots? Two shots. Didn't do much. I mean, unless you have some sort of explanation why that happened, that I, I just I think Trey White's going to be the guy tonight. We'll see. I mean, I think Trey White wants to be the guy. I, I, I'll, like Trey White has gotten the reputation this year, fairly or unfairly, of being sometimes a selfish offensive player. Sometimes a guy who, when things are going well with the hot hand somewhere else, like doesn't see that and drives, tries to drive to the rim mm-hmm. all by himself, go one-on-one and loses the ball or takes a wild shot that doesn't get a foul call. To his credit, he recognized that other people were cooking on Saturday night and only took two shots, didn't feel the need to get in the way of the offense. Okay. And this was coming off of a career performance where he scored yep. 29 points and grabbed 14 rebounds. So, like, didn't need to be his night. We scored 101 points without him doing anything, which was crazy, especially given how short our bench was. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> I hate to say that I was swayed by Ed Peak, but he was on uh, Spears earlier, and he, he said that Trey White's an every-other-game kind of guy. So, now I've got it in my head that Trey White's going to have a big game tonight. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I don't know if that's uh, if it's been that consistent. I don't know if he's been that consistently inconsistent this season, but... Um, Maybe I, I let, let's see if that's it. He's no, he's he's pretty much he's 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 pretty standard in that same ballpark. For yeah, he, he's ten points, nine points, seventeen points, twelve points, seven points, eleven, ten, ten, seven. Has he scored 10, zero 14. at all? Uh, no, that was his first game with zero. That was actually okay. his his previous low this season was seven in the loss to DePaul. He bounced back after that game with a ten point effort. So anxious. Oh, if he bounced back with ten alpha seven, what's he going to bounce back with off of zero? Well, three would be the, no. <laughs> the standard. This isn't a transitive properties game. I don't know if that's the right use of transitive property, <laughs> but if we if we are following a pattern, I guess three would be the answer there. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, he's he did have seven, big on patterns. He did have seven rebounds. He did turn the ball over also four times, so maybe it was just he turned the ball over before he could get his shots up and, and then just decide, hey, not my night. I'm going to let other guys cook, and, and that's what happened. So I don't know. I'm, maybe it is his night. The, the thing about Syracuse this year, they're a good defensive team. 39th in the country in adjusted defensive efficiency. Um, they've In their five conference wins, they haven't allowed anybody to score more than 73 points. Now, they are coming off an effort over the weekend where they let Wake Forest score 99 points. But we know how Wake Forest can, can be when they get hot, uh, and you don't really guard them that well, and I think that's kind of what happened. Syracuse, they hadn't really been blown out a, a, a lot in their losses. They, they've got some competitive losses to some bad teams and some competitive losses to some decent teams. But Wake Forest blew them the hell out. Like Wake Forest beat them 99-70, and it really could have been even worse than that. I guess I take it back. Carolina, I, it was I misspoke. They've been blown out in most of their, of their conference losses. Virginia beat them by 22. Duke beat them by 20. Carolina beat them by damn near 40. 
Florida State beat him by 16, and Boston College beat him by five. Um, granted, only one of those games, the Florida State game, came on their home floor. They've been a good home team so far this season. That Florida State loss is the only time that they've been beaten at home. They've been a terrible road team. Uh, they they kind of get their asses handed to them on the road. So I don't know if playing at home is the difference. It is crazy looking at some of these splits. A guy like Judah Mintz, who's their best player, hands down, there's no question about it. Mm-hmm. Sophomore, a lot of people thought he was going to go pro after last year, did not, chose to stick around. He's on a lot of draft boards, averaging 18.2 points per game, 4.6 assists per game. He shoots the ball from three at a 30.9% clip on the road, 40.2% at home. And there are a couple other guys like that, like J.J. Starling, who's been kind of their best player the last couple of weeks, averaged 19.7 points per game over the last three games, much, much better player at home than he is on the road, much, much better shooting percentages at home than he, than he has on the road. So getting them at the Carrier Dome, not whatever it's called now, is a little bit of a tough break for us. We do have the benefit, if you want to call it that. They, they already have a pretty short bench, and it got even shorter yesterday. They kicked off Benny Williams, their junior forward. Uh, they dismissed him from the team. They didn't say why. He was a guy who was suspended for the first couple of games going into the season, uh, and now he's done. And, and he's a guy, not putting up monster numbers, but like six points, four rebounds per game, playing about 15 to 20 minutes, uh, key reserve for them, and not having him, I think, will will affect them long term. But like this is a team, when you look at them on paper, if Louisville plays the way it did down the stretch against Clemson and the way it did against Florida State, at least on offense, and then maybe gets them on an off-shooting night, they can win this game. Mm-hmm. I, I wholeheartedly believe it. If they revert to what we've seen from them on the road uh, more than once in, in the last month or so, they could lose by 20. It, it could go either way. I don't. I, I, like, if you're betting on this Louisville team, good luck. I don't know how right. you possibly do this. Now, the gamblers, Vegas definitely believes that we've turned a little bit more of a corner than the analytics do. The analytics, they don't take into account things like momentum the way that, that we do as humans. Because Ken Palm has Louisville losing this game by 12, the the lines are either eight or eight and a half, depending on where you're you're looking. So much you know, three and a half, four points, especially for a road game, is no small adjustment. So I think the humans who've been watching these two teams play recognize that Louisville has a fighting chance in this game. I would not be. I I don't think I can predict a win, but I'm not going to be shocked at all if they keep it close. And if they do win, it would not be overly surprising. Um, I don't know what we do at that point. I don't know if you start talking about, hey, like, could this team win nine games in conference play? Could they get up to there to be like a a ten or a nine seed? I saw one of those. Have you ever messed around with those little? I think every conference has a website that has them, where you can like predict the at this point in the season, you can predict the wins and losses for every game, and it will show you what the conference tournament will look like if things play out that way. I have in the past, yeah, maybe five, six years ago, I remember doing something like that. Somebody did it with I don't know what metrics they were using. But it had Louisville ending up winning like eight conference games after the FSU win, and it had them being like the the nine seed and missing out on the first day of the conf- of the conference tournament entirely. And I was like, this is th- that'd be insane. Like, I don't think that there's any chance of that happening. But if we somehow avoided ACC tournament Tuesday, the day of shame, it would be one of the crazier late season accomplishments that I can remember. And I don't think it would. Again, I don't think it would warrant another year of Kenny Payne. But it would definitely make the discussion more lively on both sides, for sure. Um, and if they win tonight's game, I think you kind of start talking about th- that a little bit. Because if they win tonight, Ken Palm gives them a 15% chance to win this game. I think it's higher than that. I think it's more like yeah, 25 to 30. 
They get Georgia Tech at home on Saturday. Georgia Tech, who just looked woeful um, last night against Wake Forest. Wake Forest is making a lot of teams look bad, but but Georgia Tech like could not score against them. Eighty to fifty one was the final score there. His press conference was hilarious. Who's Stoudemire's? Yeah, I didn't see what he said. He didn't. <laughs> he came. He comes up to the podium, and they're like, "All right, coach, if you want to make your opening statement, then we'll take some questions." And he sits down, and he's like. And he doesn't say anything for like five, ten seconds. And he just goes, we got our asses kicked. <laughs> <laughs> and then he looks up and he goes, questions? <laughs> I saw they had five points after the game's first 15 minutes, which was, I was like, eh, that's probably not going to go great when you're doing that. But we play them at home now on Saturday. If you win this game, you, you're like now Ken Palm suddenly has you as a favorite in that game on Saturday. Then you go at Boston College. Again, not... We, this is not. We're talking about a, a program that's won one game on the road under its current head coach, but still, a game that you could could foresee them winning at Pitt. A little bit tougher, but not crazy. Then home versus Notre Dame, you're probably going to be favored in that game. Away against Duke, no chance. And then you end the season with three straight home games: Syracuse, who you would have in this hypothetical already beaten on the road; Virginia Tech, who you've lost to, and will be a tough game. And then Boston College at home. I mean, I'm telling you, if they win tonight, there's a real road out there for this team to finish like seven and thirteen, eight and twelve, something crazy in the ACC. At least crazy compared to what we were thinking uh, after the first couple of months. If they lose it and they lose it handily, which is also possible, I, I think we go back right back to having the same conversations we've been having. Like the defense just isn't good enough. They, they'll probably win two or three more games. Uh, and then lose in the first or second day of the conference tournament, and we move on. I mean, but, if the conversation didn't really shift after the Miami game, should it shift if Louisville's able to get a win tonight? Well, but it didn't shift from the Miami game to anything other than, like, let's see if that's more than a one-off. Like, like let's see. if, And, it, and then it wasn't, because they very quickly turned around, lost NC State, and then lost six straight games after that. So I don't think the conversation is shifting to, like, hey, this team's legitimately good if they win tonight. It's... Is Kenny really going to make this awkward for all of us? Well, that's that's kind of what I was meaning by the whole thing is the conversation shifting about Kenny. Just because you got your first two-game winning streak and however long you said. But I think it's a combination of the two-game winning streak and then looking at the rest of the schedule. Because if, if you have the two-game winning streak and you turn right around and you lose to Georgia Tech and you lose to Boston College, then it means nothing. But I think people will start looking at the schedule and say, it was a very front-loaded ACC schedule. Yeah, they, they, they went 1-9, and nine, but they were playing the best teams in the conference. There were a couple of embarrassing losses, and some of them happened you know, in December, right at the beginning of January. Look at them now. They're playing better basketball. They're going to feast on the bottom of the conference. And if Kenny goes 7-13 and 13 in the ACC or something like that and you know wins, what would it be, like 12 or 13 games overall, maybe you have an argument. Like, and again, like I'm just taking the side of – I'm just telling you like what's going to happen as far as the – the overall conversation around Louisville Ben's basketball. I am not saying that that's what I think at all. If we win, what? We're two and nine in the ACC right now. If we win six of these last nine conference games, it's a nice accomplishment. It's a great accomplishment. The same team that was getting blasted by DePaul and Arkansas State and these terrible teams managed to to pick itself up a little bit, not quit, and end the season on a real high note. I still don't think it excuses what we saw in the first half of the season, and I still don't think it's good enough. Any Louisville team worth a salt, basically any Louisville team 
outside of the last two would feast on this schedule. These are, I mean, we're, we're talking about the ACC. You expect every team in the conference besides like one or two to be in the top 70 nationally, the top 80 nationally. All these teams, Syracuse tonight, a game that we're an, an, an eight and a half point underdog in, is 88th on Ken Palm. Georgia Tech, 137. Boston College, 91. Pitt, 66. Notre Dame, 165. Syracuse, again, 88. VT, who's good compared to these teams, 57. Like None of these are NCAA tournament teams. Mm-mm. We play at Duke, who is clearly going to be in the NCAA tournament, but none of these teams that we're talking about, like, hey, they, they should be able to win some of these games, are NCAA tournament teams. So it's, it's better than I think what we all thought we were going to see after the first 65 days of the season, but it's still not up to our standards. Well, and that's that's kind of my whole mindset with the thing. Like, I just don't under no matter what's been done or what happens forward at going forward at this point, just it's done, right? Like, we've got to be done here. In my eyes, yeah, that's yes. great. It's improvement. It's ten game. But I thought, I mean, I know there's going to be a faction of the fan base that's going to want to try to spin it and and do and you, they will have an argument, no doubt about it. But I, through two year, through a year and a half, it was absolutely the worst thing you've ever seen and then now if you do go out to win six of those last eight or whatever it was then uh yeah maybe there's some yeah i don't i don't see it that way we, yeah. we've got to be done here i don't either but i'm just telling you it's going to be a conversation that's had it's that'll be really up on annoying. the show and people are going to say it and, and people are going to be terrified that josh Hurd is going to give him a third year and, and some people may even be in support of uh who were previously like nothing can change my mind nothing can change my mind some people may flip on that and say, like, I think he actually deserves a third year. I, it's it's going to be a conversation. If that happens, again, if t- they lose by 15 tonight, it's all moot. It, we're right back next week to being like, these games don't really matter, uh, coaching search stuff. But I'm curious to see how they back up what may have been their most impressive overall performance uh, since Kenny Payne got here. You know, we're talking about this being a winnable game. We are, like, they've won one game away from home in two years. Mm-hmm. So it, that's still out there. Can they, and a lot of these games against bad teams are away from home. Can they get over that hump? I think we all put a lot of stock into the fact that they won at Miami. Turns out Miami sucks. Like, like turns out that Miami team. You know, I don't know if we broke them, but they have not been very good since then. They're not going to make the NCAA tournament unless they get really hot over these next four weeks. And I don't think that's going to happen. So I, I think you can sit back now with the benefit of added time and say it was we played well. It was maybe just as much about them as it was about us. And there's that. We did do a Rutherford Show question of the day. It's the question of the day. We do it once every two months or so. Uh, it's just a <laughs> clever name. But I wanted to ask you, and this is like maybe the, this is maybe the tightest answer re- response that we've had to a question of the day so far. Okay. Favorite Louisville Hoops win over Syracuse? Because <laughs> we've had some big wins over Syracuse. I probably don't remember any of them, but hit me. Well, you should. <laughs> Because the, some of them are big. The first response I gave, and I knew this was going to be last, but I, I threw it in there. It should, this is basically a two-horse race. But I did Louisville's first Big East Tournament championship in 2009. The, the championship game win came over Syracuse. It was a great day. It was fantastic. I remember it vividly. It was wonderful. But nobody has that as their, their, their first choice. 1.3% of the responders that makes me want to pick it. have that. So it comes down to two games, basically. The first is the last game in Freedom Hall. 2010. Regular season finale 
It's the, the the farewell party to Freedom Hall. The place is absolutely nuts. One of the craziest environments, maybe the craziest environment ever for a Louisville home game. All the former players are back. Denny Crum's there. Syracuse is number one in the country, by the way. And Louisville is firmly on the NCAA tournament bubble. A win basically gets them in. Uh, a loss, and they go to New York for the conference tournament with a lot of work to do. It's a just a insane environment. I will say, maybe the craziest Louisville environment I've ever been to, ever been a part of. And we like the, the traffic getting in there was so bad. And I wanted to make sure I was there for all the pregame festivities. We literally were, were driving on Ring Road, and it's just like, well, and I'm like, I'm just doing this. And if they wanted to tell me, they can tell me. I'll pay the fee. I literally just like pull into like one of those parking islands with like the, there's like a little bit of grass, and just like leave my car there. I'm like, <laughs> I'm leaving it there. I don't care what happens. I've I've got to make the the start of this game. We get there, it's insane. Kyle Kirk comes off the bench because Jerry Smith gets hurt and goes absolutely nuts. He's dunking on everybody. He's drilling threes on everybody. One of the, I think, most memorable individual performances we've ever seen from a Louisville athlete. And I remember walking out. Louisville wins the game, of course. Solidifies itself as an NCAA tournament team. Does not win another game the rest of the year, by the way. Gets upset in the Big East tournament by Cincinnati and then loses to Cal in the first round of the NCAA tournament. But I remember walking out of Freedom Hall and just like, talking to my, my then girlfriend, now wife, and saying, like, this is as close to, I think, understanding the feeling of winning a national title that I've ever been. Because at that point, I've never experienced Louisville winning mm-hmm. winning at all. Like, that was as close, it was, it was about as close as I've ever felt. Like, it, because it, it was so, it was something more than just a game. It was this gigantic event. I mean, Rick Pitino said it was the only game, and he, he's, he's prone to hyperbole, but he says it's the only game that he just could not sleep the night the night before. Because he's like, if I lose this game, like they'll kill me. Like, like everybody is so focused on this game. Like we've got to make sure that we get it done, and uh, it, it happened. It was awesome. But the other game that stands out, the 2013 Big East Tournament Championship game, one of the talk about the insane environment for the Freedom Hall game. This was insane in terms of I've never seen a game turn on its head the way that this one did. Syracuse is up 17 in the first half. They're rolling. They start the second half. You know, they, I think they get the lead up to 18 at one point, and it's like, this is just, it's the last game of the, of the old Big East, it's their night, it's in New York, their fans are dominating the building, you kind of just feel like, okay, th- we're still good for the NCAA tournament, but this is their night, we're not going to beat them on this night. And then not only does Louisville make a comeback. They pulled an in Indiana? More than that. Like, not only do they, do, do they come back and, like, just win, they blow Syracuse out. They take a a 17-point deficit and turn it into a what 17-point win. 78-61 was the final score. Jeez. Just a insane run in the second half. One of the most fun games, one of the most memorable games. The voting right now, and I don't think there's a wrong choice. The voting right now is 53% for the last game in Freedom Hall, 46% for the Big East Tournament Championship game from 2013. Uh, I, I actually, this is a... Maybe it's just because I, 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 the way that I feel today. I kind of want to go with the Big East Tournament Championship game. It was so much fun. It also, like, I think it reinforced my belief that this team was going to win the national title. And we damn near played that Syracuse team again for the national championship. They made it to the Final Four as well uh, and got beaten a very close game against Michigan in the other national semifinal. And I'll be honest, I wanted no part of Syracuse a fourth <laughs> time. Like, they beat us on our home floor. We beat them in a really close game at the Carrier Dome. And then we had that crazy game in the Big East Tournament Championship. I did not want a round four with Syracuse. I don't know how it would have gone, but thankfully we got Michigan. Thankfully we won it all. But those two games, if you want to vote, go on Twitter, at Card Chronicle. It's a tight race. 
make your thoughts heard. We'll update that throughout the course of today's show. I'm going with the uh, the Freedom Hall one solely because it was it sounded like it was a complete game that was just bananas. It was bananas. Whereas the Big East tournament game, it, it was only one good half. They were both bananas. Uh, we got the 4 o'clock hour coming up next. Get your texts in. We'll read them after the break at 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 The Big X. Scream scoots right here. Disco Dan. Disco Gil. <laughs> Four o'clock hour here at the Mike Rutherford Show. The Wednesday edition on 1450 and won The Big Egg. Somebody climbed the spear in Las Vegas, scoots. What? Have you seen this? I, I saw a text shout out to the guy climbing, but I didn't want to click on it and get you all messed up. So I, I had no idea what that was in regards to. No, I, that's wild. I've not, but by the way, I appreciate that because like Trey Ryan just clicks on all the texts and I, I cannot keep track of anything. <laughs> But I, I have not uh, looked at the text line, but I did just see during the break that some, some guy wearing a like, GoPro camera climbed to the top of the Vegas Spear, calls himself Spider-Man, makes videos on TikTok. It, I guess you had to know this was going to happen. At this point, like I feel like anything crazy that can be done is going to be done just for internet clout. And I'm kind of sick of it already, but I guess props to this guy, whatever. How did, How's he climbing it? It looks like there's kind of like it's like it's kind of, the spear is kind of like scaly on the outside. It actually looks like it would not be hard to climb if if you're like a legit climber. I mean, for me, I'm I'm, I'm making I mean, it starting two feet at, and falling. Starting at the bottom would be tough. Yeah, I mean, it's not easy, but like it's not the like once you get to the part where you're ascending, it's probably easy. Right. When you look at the spear from afar, I don't think you'd be like, how the hell can you climb that? And you look at it up close, it, it, it has like almost little steps to kind of climb up the outside. So he did it. He's at the top, taking some videos. Probably gonna get arrested, but. There's no probably about it. <laughs> well, yeah. There's the, <laughs> the, the one thing that I'm sick of now that it's really become annoying is, and I feel like I see it at college basketball games, is these kids who do the prank videos. Like, the, like one of the, especially the mid major games where you're not going to get in a ton of trouble, it's probably easier to get access to the court and stuff. There was one last week in like the, the Big Sky or something where a kid, it was obviously being done for a, a prank, like accidentally got wheelchaired out onto the court. He's like, he's like wheeling his wheelchair out. Somebody's like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry!" Like he doesn't know what he's doing. He's like, I was like, "Come on, guys! Like this, this it's just it's super obnoxious." Mm-hmm. And, and also, like it's it's kind of dangerous. Like a kid doing a prank got shot and killed last year. Like it's just not worth it. It's not worth it. Makes <laughs> grow up. Make better content. It's the lazy man's content. Um, surprised that it took that long for the first though. The other thing that I that, that I that's been happening on Twitter. The last couple of days. So we've had the the porn bots have been a bad thing for a while. They're, they're out of control. They've been out of control for a while, but just in different ways. Like it used to always be they, their responses were hidden. And it was like, do you want to, like, you know, every post I make, it's like somebody's like, would you hit this? I'm like, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a joke about my daughter. Like, no, I don't want to see your nude pictures of my responses. Oh, they don't comment on me. They just like everything. But that's what's happening now. So for a while there, it was, the, it was always the pictures. Like, do you want to click on this? And it was like somebody who was either nude or semi nude. And then the last, like the beginning of the year, it was everyone who was like nudes in bio and like every tweet, like just responding to it. Now, 
the porn bots are they're just liking random old tweets yeah. constantly. Like my my entire I can't check any notifications because all of my notifications are just this. I'm like, who's liking this random tweet from 2012? I'm like, oh, it's a it, it's a not real naked person. But I kind of like it because it's reminding me of of a lot of funny like old tweets from like 2012, <laughs> 2013 when times were better. Like I've I've had a lot of nice reminiscing. It's almost like the the Facebook memory feature, where it's like, hey, you have a memory from 13 years ago today. Yeah, those that's, are always fun. That's basically the what the porn bots are doing for me on Twitter. I'm like, oh, yeah, that was a funny Bryce Cotton story. That's uh, th- th- that's good. Yeah, Shaquan Aaron. I thought he was going to be good. Why isn't he playing more in 2015? <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, the, the porn bots are definitely out of control, but at least now they're doing it in maybe more of a, it, it's more of a fun way for me. Elon Musk, pro porn bot. God. Remember when he was going to clean up all the, like, right? the spam and stuff? That's what I was getting ready to ask. I've yeah. gotten... Infinitely more span over, spam sure. over the last year and a half. For sure. Out of control is terrible. Thornton's sex line, never out of control, never terrible. 502-414-1450. Thornton's also never out of control, never terrible. Hooking you up with the best deals all 2024 long. If you want to take advantage, become a Refreshing Rewards program member today. And then use that Refreshing Rewards app at the pump or inside. Anytime you stop in one of these areas, 86,882 Thornton's locations. There's that many of them for a reason. They know what they're doing. All right, let's get to the text line. Texter says... Question for the lads. Oh, this is a KRC text. <laughs> What's your favorite dunk of the Cal era? I would say uh, Russ Smith in 2014. Twice. Lost both <laughs> games, but had great cool dunks in both of them. I've got to go with that one, too, then. Texter says the Mountain West desperately needs to be back on ESPN. Airing four games simultaneously on something called the Mountain West Network app might not be a great way of marketing marquee conference games. They are on CBS Sports Network, which you, I don't think you have to have a sports package to get it. I know I, like, I have the sports package, Shouldn't. so no. I'm not 100% certain. But like, I end up, I, I feel like most nights I go to sleep watching one of those games that tips off at like 10.30 because it's, it's just a fun as hell league. Like, New Mexico's legit good. Isaiah Stevens for Colorado State is fantastic. Uh, SDSU is always good. Utah State's really good. Um, you know, their coach is on our list. Um, uh, I, think, I think he's been... Do we just talk about him or who's their coach? Uh, that Danny Sprinkle. How could you forget the name Danny Sprinkle? Oh yeah, he's on the list. Is he on the list? I, I think so. I can't remember yeah. if we just talked about him or if he was actually on the list. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's on the list. Well, he needs to be on the list. I'm, I'm a Danny Sprinkle fanatic. Sprinkle me, baby. That's uh, I'm, I'm all about it. But it's a good league, and they're fun to watch. Texture says I had a dream last night that I saw Kenny Payne out in public, and I asked him why he deserves a year three. He started blaming the previous staff and the players. He has now invaded my <laughs> dreams. This is where we're at. I had a dream that I was watching a Louisville basketball game a couple nights ago, and like a, a vicious fight broke out. Like it was terrible. Like, like on the floor or in yeah, the stand. On the floor. Like like the team was like I don't know who know that who they pl- they were playing, but it was like punches being landed, just all out brawl. And I was like, this is terrible. I'm like this is horrifying. I, that's that's where my dreams are now with Louisville basketball. Like at least they're showing some fight. <laughs> at least. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> At least something exciting is happening. Texas says all the plants died last winter because of the polar vortex and it getting down to negative 30 wind chill. It was bad. That was, was after that it got warm? I guess. Or maybe it just was the polar vortex period. All I know is like everybody's plants died. We had like one, we had to, we had to hire people like to replant all of like, like all this new stuff in our backyard, all the stuff in our front yard died. It sucked. Um, looked terrible. And I, I felt bad. I was like, "What do we do wrong? We've had these plants for like ten years now." And then I, you know, as the the spring went on, I noticed like everybody's boxwood being dead, everybody's plants being dead, and like eventually everybody just kind of dragging it out to their the, the like roadside to be picked up for trash. What it's, is boxwood? It's a plant. It's a plant. 
Well, You've said it twice now, and I just I have to know. It's a plant. I mean, it's a. It does not sound like a plant. It's like a shrub. Hmm. I guess. Yeah. Okay. You can have. You know. You had know, no idea that was called boxwood. So you know, like hedges, mm-hmm. like the, the hedges they have in Georgia and stuff. That's, yeah. That's boxwood hedge. Hmm. We used to have that. Now we have the little boxwood shrubs. I'm from Pekin. We've always called them hedges. Well, I mean, we, we, we boxwood's that, the fancy way. Yeah, I guess. I mean, we I call them hedges. We had hedge trimmers. Trimming those hedges was never fun. They're very big, very annoying. We had to get rid of them. Texture says, Mike, on the lo- local weather report last night, they said the rainstorm that is currently flooding the western United States will reach us next week. Can't wait, baby. Yeah. If there's one thing I've been desperate for, it's the return of that monsoon weather that we had a couple weeks ago. Have you seen any of the videos from out there? Yes. Insane. I, I saw a-, a friend of mine. I guess there's like a bridge. It's like the Los Angeles River, but it's not really a river. It's always like it's all trickling. concrete. Fifty-one yeah. miles of concrete. He worked. He's a doctor out there, and he put a video on Instagram like today of like just like insanely fast flowing water on the bridge. He's like, he's like, I've never seen more than a trickle before. It's crazy, but that's uh, that's a lot. Texas Scoots being amazed that Microsoft Paint style Photoshop <laughs> by that Microsoft Paint style Photoshop is hilarious. I mean, I can't do it. I can tell you that. Uh, whenever I do do it, it takes me way too long to make like the worst possible Photoshop, which I think makes it even funnier. Like I'll put out the most like I, I did. I've been doing the banner one where they, they have a new twenty twenty four banner, mm-hmm. and if you knew how long it took me, I spend most of the second half of games <laughs> like working on <laughs> like working on how to just like paint over the actual banner and then type in the uh, the, the joke tweet. Like, I, I'm so bad with stuff. Is that like what that. you use Microsoft Paint? I don't even know what it is. I, okay. I think I, I think I Twitter search or not Twitter. I Google search like. Put let numbers on pictures or something <laughs> like that and find a free app to do it. I can't do Photoshop at all. Texas says, late text. I heard Scoot's voice yesterday after a groundbreaking tweet. Now I'm back on the Scoot's hater side. Suck it, Scoot's. The Prozac Smith nickname was definitely a positive one. He made everyone happier. Anthony Simons would have been a fun watch in a Louisville uniform. Definitely need a Mike, Dan, Papa Rutherford, and TK special pod. That would be a, quite the quartet. A lot of differing viewpoints there in that in that group of four. What I don't understand what I did. Uh, I heard Scoot's voice yesterday after a groundbreaking tweet. Now I'm back on Scoot's hater side. Suck at Scoot's. I don't know what that's in reference to. I don't like. He's talking about he's talking about the whole show from yesterday. He's reacting to it, but I don't know what that particular. I don't even know what 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 happened. Hmm, I need to know more. I what? should have a fair shot here. I would say let us know, but I think you're a podcast listener, so let us know tomorrow <laughs> what you were referencing and then react to all of our stuff today. Texture said um, he's got a four-way parlay tonight. Uh, winner, winner last night with Kansas State. Now tonight he's going with, I don't know, this is his, he's just, he's thumping his chest over his bets from, from Monday night, I guess. Oh, my God. Kansas State win and St. John's win. Okay. Good job. <laughs> Texas Kelvin Sampson guy here. Inject that clip into my effing veins. I'm assuming you're also the person who tweeted that at me and said that exact same thing last night because I enjoyed it. Texas, as divisive as this coaching search has been, would there be a more divisive, realistic hire than Tony Bennett? I mean, I guess it would be divisive. I'd be disheartened if it was divisive because I understand why people would have shied away from him a few years ago, even two years ago, when we thought we could get kind of whoever we wanted to, and it was like, hey, Kenny Payne can get the best player. Is Tony Bennett realistic? Higher no, though? it's not realistic at all, but he's saying if we got Tony Bennett, it would be divisive. 
if we're sitting here being like we're too good for Tony Tony Bennett after what we've been through and he's winning. I mean, look at Virginia's roster right now. They don't have more talent than we do. They do not have a more talented roster than we do. They beat the crap out of us twice. They're 18 and 5. They're right there in the thick of the the ACC tournament race again. He's won a national title for God's sake. If we were thumbing up our you know thumbing our nose at, uh, at Kenny Payne, I don't even know if that's the right <laughs> that's the right phrase. I don't know what I'm saying. If we're putting our noses up in the air over Tony Bennett when we're coming off of three straight ridiculously bad seasons, what are we doing? Because he plays a not fun style. Beggars can't be choosers right now. See, I, I read the text differently than you. It says, would there be a more divisive, realistic hire than Tony Bennett? Which I don't think Tony don't, Bennett's I, a realistic I, hire. I agree with you, then. If he's saying it's realistic, then no. It, Tony Bennett's not leaving for But Virginia. if we're going unrealistic hires, it, there would be no more, nobody more divisive than John Calipari. Yeah. Because you would have a section of this fan base that would, once they got over the initial madness, they'd be like, oh, hell yeah, he's a winner. Yeah, I mean, at this point, but then I'd, half I'd be like, the, give me Half of y'all would be like, yeah, no, he's the enemy. Get him out of here. I mean, I guess we would – here's what we would do. We'd be like – we had similar thoughts with Rick Pitino. I know he didn't come straight here, but we all had to get on board. We wanted a high level. The same thing's going – I think – I mean, this is, it's a ridiculous thing. As much as we all hate Calipari, which I do think has, has waned a little bit in recent years with the rivalry dipping off, and, and honestly, Kentucky not being great in the NCAA tournament has helped. If they were like still going to Final Fours and winning national titles, he'd be a lot more easy to hate. But I think that most Louisville fans would take Calipari right now. Mm-hmm. I would. I'd put Pride aside. He wins. We'd pre- and also it would piss off UK fans. <laughs> yep. It'd be hilarious. Especially if he came here. Imagine if he won like two national titles in his first three years here after winning one in like 15 <laughs> at UK. It'd be the greatest thing of all time. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd sign up for that. I guess Tony Bennett would still be divisive. I would like to think that most Louisville fans would say, "Yeah, we don't really. I'm not really crazy about the pack line, but I just want to win games." And th- this guy, he never, like, he always wins games, he, even with yep. his worst teams. He's always he's a winner. Texture says uh, Gary Parish dropping some not so subtle shots at KP on his pod today in comparison to Lamont Parish. Gary Parish has been very vocal for like dating back to last year about like this guy sucks. <laughs> there's no, there's not a discussion to be had here. It's bad. It's terrible. It's not going to get better. Louisville. I mean, he said out openly last year, Louisville should move on after year one. There's nothing. Gary Parish kind of sucks. I don't, I like GP. I'm a, I get why he gets on people's nerves. I would understand why people wouldn't like him. I personally have no problem with him. I mean, sometimes I listen to his podcast and I, with him and Norlander, and I'm like, okay, Gary. Like, if, if uh, fast forward through some parts, but he is who he is, and, and he yep. typically has good knowledge and. Definitely has that. I, most of his takes, I, I I agree with at the college level, but his Kenny Payne stance has been pretty consistent for well over a year now. Texas says, you know, I think if you gave Scoots half of he who shall not be named weight and six inches of their height, you would have two average human beings. Suck it, Scoots hater. <laughs> Scoot hater. Come on, man. Texas says, shout out to the dude who's climbing the spear. There we go. Spider-Man. Hey, Mike, does UofL do anything for fans in attendance when an opponent misses two free throws in the second half? I was thinking a free taco or a free chicken tender since we play at the Yum Center. One tender. Seeing all these schools <laughs> around the country doing this makes me a little envious. What if they did a thing where it was like if this guy, 
if you if you have a guy fouled in a three and he misses all three free throws, like we'll fire the head coach after the game. <laughs> Imagine how loud the place would get after he missed the first two. It's like, oh, oh, oh! I don't know. I like the thought of getting just one chicken tender better. <laughs> Here's your chicken tender. They missed two free throws. Equally important. I mean, <laughs> places do go nuts with that. Anytime, oh, yeah. Anytime I'm watching a college basketball game and the crowd gets unreasonably hyped after – like one missed free throw. I'm like, oh, they get something if he misses the second Be like one. a 30-point game, and they're just going nuts. Yeah. Y'all are getting killed. No, but we get Chick-fil-A if he hits this. It's like, the Re- misses. It's like at a Reds game if they're getting blown out, but you still get you get free pizza if they strike out 10 guys. <laughs> like I've been to games before where like Reds fans in attendance have celebrated like they're going to the playoffs, and they're down like 7-2. to two. I think they got I, 10 strikeouts. I think we've gotten that every single Reds game I've ever been to, but I've only used it one time. Oh, I've never used it. It's LaRosa's every single time. And up until recently, we didn't have a LaRosa's in Louisville. Can you use it there? I wonder. The one in Louisville now? And that, like, could you use your Reds ticket to get the deal there? Get the deal where? At the Louisville. LaRosa. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. Oh. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I would assume so. Because the only reason we redeemed it one time is we, were, we stayed the night in Cincinnati. Yeah. So we just got it that night. Worth it. Yep. It was pretty good. Texture says Tanger Otzelberger. Otzelberger. Give me TJ. TJ's the way. There are benefits for both those guys, but I'm going TJ. Texas, the idea of a winning streak makes me feel old basketball feelings, and I will literally puke if we keep KP again. I want these feelings back, and he can't, uh, he truly can't do it, obviously. Is it really a streak if you win two in a row? We've, so we still have not won three in a row, right? Since, uh, since Kenny Payne got here. I you said you haven't won two in a row since the Pegues back year. Two conference games in a row. Oh, uh, okay. We've won two in a row twice under Kenny Payne. We won two in a row this year. I don't know if you remember the dramatic New Mexico State Bellarmine back-to-back wins in late November. Oh, yeah. That's right. History-making. We beat New Mexico State in overtime in Bellarmine by five. Two terrible teams <laughs> that are 228 and 306, respectively, on Ken Palm right now that we were life and death to beat. And then last year... Is we beat- Bellarmine 306? 306. They're bad. Whoa. Injuries have killed them. They're just that they're they're real rough. Last year we beat Western Kentucky and Florida A and M in back to back games. So, but we have never won three straight games under Payne. Has not happened. Hmm. Tonight's the night. Well, oh wait, still would not be. <laughs> still would not be. <laughs> Saturday's the night. Saturday's the night. Uh, the night games that come up like the next like three weeks on Saturday are killing me. I'm like, can we get? Are they late? I'm like, can we get the noon game? Come on, Texas Mike. As the biggest UK fan ever, I cannot believe that I'm saying this. I have never rooted harder for a Louisville team. Kenny Payne, year three, here we come. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame you. If I, were, if I were you, I'd be doing the same thing. Texas, the UVL administration is absolutely begging for any reason to bring back KP. My prediction is that with three more wins, he's back. Welcome to the new standard. I don't think that's true. I don't either. I don't have a direct line to Josh Hurd these days. I don't think that's true. I mean, that is that is something I feel like I constantly forget with this whole situation is so many times I'm taking in the the fans' thoughts or even the thoughts we discuss on the show or what everybody texts in. We're not in control. Josh Hurd, ultimately, at the end of the day, is the one with the decision. I'm glad that nobody, you remind people of that because I feel like I have to do it daily. I mean, and nobody, like, I don't, I don't know what Josh Hurd's thinking. You're pretty plugged in with the program. You don't know what Josh Hurd's thinking. I've got like, no idea. So it's his decision at the end of the day, and that's what we got to keep in mind. At least we've finally gotten past the daily, like, you need to call for his job, Mike. I'm like, I've made my feelings known about this. 
if I could control the athletic program, we'd be in a much different spot right now already. I, 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 I don't call the shots here. So people are like, how could you possibly be okay bringing back after 13 wins? I'm like, I'm, I'm not. I'm not the one who's making this decision. Uh, I don't know what Josh Hurd's standard is. I understand the fear because you know, people are saying, well, he brought him back for a year or two after four uh, four win season. That he, was a no brainer, though. He kept him well, not to a lot of people, but uh, you can't let go of a coach after one year. I, what kind of standard does that set? Look, I think most people agree with you. There was at least a, a debate about it. I, I mean, if you're going to fire somebody after any type of season, I think four wins at Louisville would justify it. Yeah, but he didn't, and then like everybody thought he was going to fire him after the first semester of this season, after the Kentucky game. He didn't do it, and so understandably, you you have a lot of people out out there who are like, "I'll believe it when I see it." Like I, I, I think he's getting the third year. Clearly, our standards have lowered. I know Josh said last year that like five hundred is not the standard here and all this stuff, but he's not going to back it up. I, I don't know. But is it even at this point? Is it even his decision? I mean, I, I think could it, it be is. somebody above him? No, I, I, I think it's his. I, I think all of that talk is a little bit overblown, and I understand why it is. I mean, I hell, I, I, I put out the snippet of the tidbit about what kind of went down behind the scenes after the Kentucky game. So I get why there's paranoia about this. I think at the end of the day, it will be his decision once we get to the end of the season. But I don't know what he's thinking. I don't. I've got, I have no idea. And nobody really does. I mean, I talk to a lot of, uh, of U of L people, I mean, even the people out there who are claiming to be kind of insiders, both nationally, like they're hitting me up in DMS and being like, what are you hearing about this? What do you, I'm like, I got nothing for you. So don't like, you know, don't, <laughs> don't ride with me on this. And then that kind of le- when they come out with, hey, this is what I'm hearing as far as candidates and, and all this stuff, it kind of leads me to believe that they don't really know what they're talking about either. Because some of them have have been like, this is what I'm hearing back in December, and it wound up being just completely untrue. And so I, I, I take everything with a grain of salt at this point. If I know something, you're going to know something. Right now, I know a little bit about what coaches have had their agents reach out, and that's kind of it. I don't know what Josh Hurd's mentality is right now. I don't know what the people, the situation with the people, quote unquote, above him is. I don't know. So we're all just kind of guessing, and we're all just—it's again, it's it's a sit and wait game. We've got at least five weeks left, and I do think the conversation shifts if, if Louisville suddenly gets on a hot streak here and, and knocks off some of these bad teams in the ACC. I think that paranoia maybe becomes justified. It's only going to—it's only going to grow. Texas says, obviously the other two games were much bigger, but the Mike Mara game in 2010 to beat that same Syracuse team we also beat in Freedom Hall finale when they were number two is often forgotten. That was a great game. The the fact that that team, which was so up and down, beat twice a Syracuse team that was number two at one point and number one the second time they played them, and I think went on to be a number one seed in the NCAA tournament that year, is pretty crazy. Uh, Another one, which I mentioned in passing earlier, the... The 2013 regular season game at Syracuse. We had never been, which was a wild stat at the time, Louisville had never been number one in the AP poll before they earned it in the middle of the 2013 season. And they got ranked number one. They beat uh, UConn that Monday. And then Syracuse came to Freedom Hall, or I guess the UM Center, and, and, and knocked them off 70 to 68. And that was the only their second loss of the season. It was their first loss at full strength. And it was definitely kind of like a. Ew. Started the three-game losing streak, and then Louisville, after the Notre Dame five-overtime loss, famously didn't lose again. The closest they came before the NCAA tournament was that game at Syracuse away, and that game, Luke Hancock hit a a big corner three, I think with the game tied in the last minute, 
And that was kind of the start of the Luke Hancock, I'm insanely clutch, my my, my nads are the biggest in the world, run, <laughs> which was fantastic. Like That shot, I feel like, kind of started that whole thing. That was an underrated Louisville-Syracuse game. But there have been a lot of good ones over the years. We, I mean, for a while there, we really had their number. And don't Jim Beheim hated being asked about it. Did you ever see that press conference? Uh, not that I can recall, no. He got asked, so he had lost like nine games in a row to Rick Pitino or something. Like we just we owned Syracuse even when they were really good, and so he got asked about it after one of the losses to us. And that you know they're like, this is there something? It was it was a pretty like like normal question. The kid was like, I don't even think it was a kid. I think it was a normal reporter. He was like, is there something about the the Rick style or the way that Louisville plays that just and he like Bayham just flipped out. <laughs> He's like, I he like started reeling off all these like really insecure records. He's like, I'm seven and four against Mike Shashevsky, five and three against Roy Williams. Like, you don't ask me about that. Like four and six against like the, he was just like going off and off and like just would not answer the question. He was very upset about it. And then uh, they they got us a couple of times towards the end of his career. But for the most part, Louisville, um, very very good against Syracuse. They also had a um a really cool win against them on the road in that 2016 season, I guess. Where it was the Ryan McMahon game, if anybody knows what I'm talking about, like he was barely playing as a redshirt freshman. We had a bunch of guys foul out. Somebody wasn't playing well in overtime, and Patino put put McMahon in the game, and he hit a couple of crazy shots in overtime to help us win. Like that was a fun game as well. And I'll never forget. It was it's 2017. It was the year we ended up being a two seed. Like I, I ride up the game. I'm excited. I'm getting ready to go to sleep. It was a game that ended late, and like my phone rings and it's Rick Patino. And I'm like, okay, this is, <laughs> this is a little bit interesting. Um, and he's ta- he had something else that he wanted me to t- talk to me about. But he starts talking about the game itself. He's like, what do you think about that? I'm like, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you know, it was kind of crazy. I was a little bit worried when so and so fouled out. And he's like, and I'll, I will say the word because it's his quote. But he's like, he's like, yeah, I put Ryan back in there because I knew he'd get it done because his balls are the biggest church bells. And I was like, <laughs> that's the funniest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> I was like, just dying. I'm like, just please talk to me all day. I could just listen to you talk all all day. That was a great Syracuse win. Hopefully we get another big Syracuse win tonight. The game tips off at 7 o'clock. It's on the ACC Network. You can hear it on our sister station, 970 WGTK. Pre-game coverage will start right when we get off the air over there at 6 o'clock. We'll take a break. We'll come back. More from you on the Thornton Sex line, 502-414-1450. So Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1. The Big X. Disco Wednesday here on the Mike Rutherford Show. With Justin Kalen, a.k.a. Scooter Dingus. Follow him on Twitter at Justin Kalen PXP. Man, I've been picking up some followers. Have you? Yeah. Good. I've, I've been on a roll lately. Good, good. It's the classic Gil tweet. Maybe so. I think that's what it is. I think it's just you airing your dirty laundry with Gil. I think I hit 500 maybe last week. Let's get Scoots to 600 before the end of the month. Let's make it happen. Justin Kalen PXP on Twitter. Make it happen. Follow Let's see him where there. I'm at. 531. So we could we could get there. Oh, we could definitely get there. Oh, five thirty. Just just lost one. Someone literally just unfollowed <laughs> was, you because of what uh, of us talking about. Was it. staring at it and it went from thirty one to thirty. 
Oh, have you seen the situation with my door now over here? Yeah, it's out of it's control. It's fully off the hinges mm-hmm. at the very top. Yep. I don't even know how that's possible. I don't even know how it happened. I feel like it's bad karma because I was laughing so much at the <laughs> when they installed the doors. They put in very bright letters. They put that sign on Trevor's that was like, "Do not close. You'll lock yourself <laughs> yeah. in." As if Trevor's like could not grasp the concept of not closing the door. Uh, but I thought that was very funny. And maybe it's karma. My door now just does not work. Ours and, is holding up great. God, I, the the thing is though, like I forget about it somehow every single time I leave. I see you, David. Thanks for the follow. Yeah, dude. Yeah, nice. Thank, thank you, David. <laughs> every single time I walk out during like a break, I forget. Like the door just like doesn't move now. You have to like lift it up and like 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 shove it as hard as you can just to get it like twenty five percent of the way open. It's a workout. And it does feel like. Have you seen? I think you should leave. I watched the first episode. TJ and Nick are real big into that show in the mornings. I can't do it. It's just not my humor. Man, I'm sorry. I, I don't think, have a soul. I whatever. think that guy is so lame. Well, I think it is the first. Oh, my God. Get out of my face. <laughs> I, I think it, it is maybe the first episode where he does the like the door opens both ways. He, he, like He's doing a job interview, and he leaves the restaurant, and he mistakenly like pushes when he should pull. Oh, yeah. And the guy's like, yeah. I think it's actually a pull. And he's yeah. like, he pulls it all the way open like, off its hinges. <laughs> That's how I feel opening the door every single time now. It's like it's taking all my strength just to get out. And grab some water or go to the bathroom. It's or keeping you in legs. shape. It, it, maybe it is. It's the most working out I'm getting these days. So there's something to be said for that. But that, yeah, now it's officially off all the hinges at the very top. So it's also probably going to like fall and crush. Well, it's somebody. off the middle hinges too, I believe. Oh, it is. Yeah, I think so. If if it's not off already, they're it's very very close. This door is going down. Another David just messaged me and said, "What's Scoot's Twitter handle? I need to follow him." I guess. Come on. I just said it. Justin Kalen, PXP, K A E L I N. It's a tough last name to spell. Only way to spell it. Maybe you don't pop up like TJ. Like doesn't pop oh, up. Oh, he's shadow banned. I'm not shadow banned. He is like, and, and, like he'll pop up sometimes on my normal feed. But if like I type in TJ Walker Radio, like you, it, he just like does not pop up. It's crazy. Anyways, apparently uh, Mark Stoops is the same way. Stoops is shadow banned. Yep. I wonder why. Mm-hmm. I do feel like I, I go through spurts now where like I get way he is like he does not pop up when you search for his name. Like I get like just way fewer interactions for a couple of weeks, and then like I'll post something normal, and like it'll be right back to like getting the normal amount of reactions. I have no idea what, what that's all about. But yeah, Stoops does not pop up. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't know what he did or what he said. Like, isn't that weird that he wouldn't? I don't hate it, but yeah, <laughs> it's pretty wild. That, that, that's very wild. Uh, we had the the Mike Rutherford Show question of the day. We do it every day, once every five months. Your favorite all time win for Louisville basketball over Syracuse. Really only two choices, and the, the two choices have run away from the third choice. But last game in Freedom Hall, currently leading with 54.6% of the vote. The 2013 Big East Tournament Championship game is right behind it with 44.3% of the vote. If you want to get those votes in, Eckhart Chronicle on Twitter. Somebody also mentioned said on Twitter, we're talking about the Tony Bennett discussion. If we ever hired Bennett, I would just check the scores after games. There's no way that I could watch every game. You could watch. I think this person, you would hear this a lot if we hired Tony Bennett. And again, I'm not saying this is happening. This is a purely why well, I don't understand why that would be so divisive. He's he's a winner too. I'm I'm with you. It makes no sense whatsoever. But like Louisville fans hate the style of play. They hate the the slow pace, winning games fifty three to forty nine, the pack line defense, all that stuff. I'm telling you right now, if we hired him, you would hear a little bit of this for the first few months uh, of his hire. Like I don't know, it's gonna be so boring, all this stuff. Once we started actually playing games and winning, the fans would embrace it. 
you would have this fan base. The Yum Center would be going just as nuts as John Paul Jones Arena does for like shot clock violations. Winning is, winning is is the thing. And I know that's not exactly crazy sports radio, but when you're winning, you shape everything else around what's leading to that winning. It doesn't matter how it's happening. You think I mean when when Charlie Strong was here, some people would complain about well you know they're not opening up the offense enough, but we were beating everybody. Nobody was going to complain about Charlie Strong's job security because we were only beating Memphis by you know twenty to ten, and playing this vanilla game, this defense first game. We be like we started like loving defense more than offense. You adjust to what's providing the winning. We would form our entire culture around we love the pack line, we love shot clock violations, we love our ridiculous offensive efficiency. There'd be some people who would be hesitant at first, but once we started winning games, especially after the last three years, everybody would fall in line, and the Yum Center would become a fun place to go again. I, I guarantee it. Wouldn't that kind of be the case with any head coach that Louisville hires? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, if anybody wins here, we would adjust to that style, and we would love that. You know, if it's uh, if it's Jerome Tang, we'd start being like, "I love the portal. I love that he, you know, we, he gets into the crowd. Like all, like, we, we, you know, we would just, uh, you know, Mick Cronin's feistiness becomes a lot more endearing when." He's at Louisville winning a ton of games. Now, if you lose, everybody hates the style. Nobody would care about Kenny Payne's press conference faux pas if we were winning at a ridiculously high level. It's like the uh, you know the second time I've done this in the last few months. It's like the Bull Durham quote where he talks about you can't wear you can't have fungus on your shower shoes. If you win twenty games in the show, though, they'll call you colorful, right? Like you can do the same types of things, and people love you if you're a winner, but. Like if Patino had told the Tyler Johnson story about the tights in the middle of a season where we were twenty and three and ranked number five in the country, I'd have been hilarious. We would have loved it. Everybody we, would enroll. We would have ate, eat, eaten it up. If Kenny Payne wanted to make the um, the the four white guys an Egyptian joke, we would kill him for it right now. Like you know, Patino said that. He's like, I was trying not to run the score up. I was, at the end of the game, I'm playing four white guys and an Egyptian. Like we thought it was the funniest thing in the entire world. If Payne tries to do that right now. We'd be like, you've got to fire him for cause. <laughs> get, get him out of here. It's the way it is. It's the way that it is. Uh, we got the Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. Have you, have you seen this? Have you heard about this? I Was that this Sunday? That's it, It's this Sunday. Huh. It's coming up. I think I've heard about it. BetOnline.ag went to ChatGPT and asked it to write a script for the Super Bowl. A lot of people talking about NFL is always scripted. This is, you know, they're following the script. So they visualized the script. The script played out like this. The Chiefs will fall behind early against the 49ers by a score of uh, 7-3 after the first quarter. They will trail by three at halftime. They will storm back in the second half and win 31-28. to Ooh, that sounds like a fun Super Bowl. Uh, Mid-Journey, the AI image tool associated with it, also illustrated what it may look like. They put out images of Taylor Swift celebrating on the field, uh, Patrick Mahomes throwing a touchdown pass, Usher performing at halftime, they are, they've got uh, both AI tools came out with the exact same score, though, which is wild. 31-28 Chiefs. Really? 49ers are currently a two-point favorite in this game. Most of the majority of the betters, normal betters, are taking the Chiefs. But here's where you, I think here's where you have to do some thinking. 83% of professional bets from the Sharps the pros, are coming in on San Francisco minus two. Hmm. What do they know that the rest of us don't? 
have we just are people overreacting to the fact that the Chiefs are hot and they've got Mahomes and they beat a better team in the AFC Championship game than the 49ers did and they led from start to finish pretty much in that game whereas the 49ers needed significant help from the poor Lions to win the NFC Championship game I don't know also fun stat out of the according to a I, I don't know how they, they develop these sort of things but according to a Google study how many what do you think the state by state breakdown is as far as States that are rooting for the Niners and states that are rooting for the Chiefs. How many states out of the 50 do you think are rooting for the Chiefs? I want to say it's less than the 49ers. I was thinking maybe like 12. Very close. 13. Okay. States are rooting for the Chiefs. 37 are rooting for the 49ers. That includes the state of Kentucky. How do they do that? I don't either. How how are they polling that? It's like, you know. I never got asked who I'm rooting for. They do these especially around holidays, they'll do this thing where it's like the most popular candy in every single state. And I'm like, wait, yeah, who are they asking? How do you know that dum-dums? Well, are, I don't know anybody who likes dum-dums. How are they Kentucky's that favorite makes, candy? That makes more sense because you can go back and literally check receipts. But I, I think it's all, I'm sure there's it's like all a, based on Google searches. I'm sure there's like a pro... You think so? Yeah, I think that's the way that it works. I'm sure there's a program they could use, though, to see what... But the other thing, too, is like... Sold? When you have those types of studies, when you have those types of like the, the best Halloween can- favorite Halloween candy in every state or the favorite restaurant in every state, like every single one of those sites that does these graphics, they have a different result for Kentucky every single time. There was the one a few years ago that was like the most searched uh, porn in every state term. Kentucky's was very graphic. I didn't even know what it was. I was like, I don't know anybody who I think is into that. <laughs> I don't. I'm not sure I believe you, honestly, for being real. But uh, apparently, Kentucky going for the 49ers. More fans here than uh, Chiefs fans. 37 states. I think everybody's just exhausted with the Taylor Swift thing. I think that's it. I think the Chiefs are also annoying. People think Mahomes is whiny. People think, yeah. uh, you know, we've, we've done this before. We're sick of the Chiefs. I'm ready for it to be over. I, I'm just, I could not care less about the Super Bowl. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to cheer for the Niners, I guess. I'm not really going to care. I'll watch. I mean, the commercials aren't even a thing anymore. People still talk about commercials are like 75 years old. Right, because of course they're all available online before you, the Super Bowl even happens. Yeah, there's a bunch that have already came out. There's never even any mystery. So I mean, even when they don't get released, you like hear about like, oh, they're doing this type of Super Bowl commercial. I don't know. There is something to be said though for sitting down on Super Bowl Sunday, and you almost not not so much for me anymore, but as a kid especially, I was more excited for the commercials. Like, oh heck yeah, time out, let's go commercial. I was so into the Bud Bowl. The the, the Bud Bowl was my thing as a kid. I mean, they, you just, may be too young for Bud. Bowl. Yeah, I don't, I don't recall what you're talking about. They had like six about. of them. It was like the Budweiser versus Bud Light. They had a, a mock Super Bowl, and they would have like six different commercials that would play periodically throughout the Super Bowl. And I was very into like which, which beer won. <laughs> I was cheering for. I think I think I was cheering for Bud Bud Light most of the time. I just feel like the commercials back then were a lot more funny. I don't but, feel like we get those hilarious ones anymore. Well, we're also just so oversaturated with stuff. Yeah. You, you know, I mean, th- there's a. You can lose two hours scrolling through funny videos on Instagram Reels or True, Facebook yeah. Reels or whatever. Like we are, we are flooded with funny stuff all the time, and it's raised the bar for what we think is funny. Like you know, we, we you weren't seeing crazy commercials all the time. Like you see crazy funny commercials all the time now. Um, it's just it, it's different now. I am excited to watch Usher halftime show. He puts on a hell of a performance. I'm Does guy. anybody perform with him? I think they. I think there are a couple people performing with him. I don't remember who. Dolly Parton, maybe. I mean, right, is she? I, I feel like I feel like there were some other names out there. I thought you just pulled that from no Reba McIntyre singing the Star Spangled Banner. That's what well, we knew that. Of. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Uh, Post Malone will sing "America the Beautiful." That's interesting. Post Malone, 
I don't know who else is with Usher. I'm just going to assume it's it's a uh, Dolly Parton. Well, they, did they never? I don't feel like they ever announced that though. You, those other stars just kind of show yeah, up. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, like, will we get Ludacris and and Little John? Yeah, yeah. Tell me, what if they did Lovers and Friends? But not yeah. People would be furious. Oh, I would be furious. I'd be pretty upset too. And I'd be really mad if Luda didn't sing the part at the end. Um, yeah, it's got to it's got to be. You have to have Little John up there. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go back to Thornton Sex Line. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton Sex Line. Texter says, God, Text Line just blew up. I just hadn't reloaded in a while. Jeez. Jeez. Yeah, I just refreshed too. Holy smokes. Texter says, if we're talking about the best Louisville win over Syracuse, it has to be the Freedom Hall game. I wanted to name my firstborn child Kyle Couric. Had a girl uh, wife. Had a girl wife. Nixed the idea. Still YouTube game time to time. My best memory that I have with my dad, he and I went to that game and him telling me about the 80-86 championship game since they played on the Jumbotron. The other thing about that day, and we were talking about this time of the year, you get the last gasp of of winter and it gets warm periodically and, and then goes back to cold. Like that day, it was a beautiful day. Like I remember we we played it, it was early in the day game. It was my sister's poor birthday. I mean, she gets overshadowed by Selection <laughs> Sunday or Louisville basketball every single year. But it was her birthday, so we... We hung out with her, had a little bit, stayed at the family gathering for a little bit. Then me and Mary went to the game, and afterwards went to my buddy, actually Danny's house, and like we just drank for like eight hours straight. Like just you know, played beer pong, played games, went to the bars. It was just, it was perfect. It was, it was the, the perfect like Louisville basketball day. Speaking of naming your kids, I forgot to bring this up yesterday. Well, we were talking about that NASCAR show on Netflix, right? Yeah. So Tyler Reddick, you're familiar with Tyler Reddick, right? Tyler Reddick. Yeah. He's I, a, he's one of the younger NASCAR drivers. I don't think I am actually. Oh, interesting. Well, anyways, Sorry. he's he's one of the guys you get to know in that show. But he, um, so he came from Xfinity last year, which is the level below NASCAR. Okay. Well, he was in the Xfinity Championship, and he wanted to name his kid Bo. Him and his him and his girl at the time were pregnant. He wanted to name their son Bo. His wife wanted to do something else, so she told him that if he goes out and wins the championship, that he can name their son. And he goes out and wins the race. That's actually awesome. And she comes up to the car after the race, and she's like, "Your son's name's Bo." <laughs> it was it was pretty cool. What if he like forgot? And he's like, "What are you talking about? <laughs> That's not the name I wanted. I just won the championship. Can you please keep it focused?" <laughs> when we uh, so we we knew if we had a girl, we were going to name her Virginia because it's like family name. Family name. My sister's the only like female dating back like six generations on my mom's side. That's not not Virginia. They. They broke the streak. We kept it going. But also, my wife is Mary Virginia, so it just felt it felt like we kind of had to do it. Mm-hmm. But when she was born, you know, I, I can't do anything normally. I have to like make a joke out of, out of everything. It's a it's 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 a, you know, it's a coping mechanism, I guess, defense mechanism. But like, so I put the tweet out announcing her her birth, and I'm like, I made a deal a long, long time ago that I I have to name my firstborn child after whoever won the NCAA tournament that year in, in men's basketball. <laughs> so here's Virginia Rutherford. And the amount of people that took it seriously, like, it went it went viral. Like, it was, like, all, all these, like, people, fans, like, I think most little fans knew that I was joking. They knew that my mom was Virginia. But, like, all these people who were like, this man almost had to name his baby Texas Tech. And, like, all this. <laughs> like, it, I was like, no. I'm like, I, I thought it was pretty obvious that I'm making a joke. I hadn't but, even thought who they played yeah, that year. That's hilarious. Very close losing. Like, it could have been Gonzaga Rutherford. I'm like, it was. No, it was a, it was, but so it, it became a, a big thing where like, like all these people are sharing it. They're like, what a, what a call. Like he got so lucky. Oh, that's I was like, fantastic. But so, you know, people then w- would joke 
when you have the next one, like, are you going to do the same thing again? And honestly, it kind of worked out. We had a boy. Baylor won that year. Baylor Rutherford would not be the weirdest name. No. But uh, yeah, we, we went with John instead. So, But yeah, the, the first time I did that, I was like, it also did remind me when Mark Ennis, when he had his first baby, um, and this is like 12 years ago, so like I convinced everybody that he named his child Gorgie, Gorgie Ennis, and people were like, that's so cool, man. Like, 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 like. <laughs> So proud of you, and he's like, "No, it's 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 actually a girl, and it's her name is not not Gorgi. but that was very fun." Texter says, "Should know better than to rely on Wyoming to win." Sorry, the Rammies ruined the betting night, but not too sorry. Final game at Freedom Hall versus Syracuse was one match for me. I think that's Sean Moss texting into the show. Final uh, Freedom Hall, and that was it was an unbelievable day. It, it was just about as close to a, the perfect day as you can possibly have. But yeah, don't bet on Wyoming. Texture says, Mike says the text line is never inappropriate or out of control, as he says, I can't read that 25 times every day. <laughs> most, of it's not, most of that's not inappropriate or out of control. It's just something that I, I can't read. But yeah, there are times where I simply cannot read your text because you're, you're being out of control. Speaking of, Texas, I had a dream that a hamburger was eating me. <laughs> that's a nightmare. Texas, personally, I've always thought that porn bots were the best part of Rutherford tweets. Not alone. Texas was Kar- was it Karan Davis who was fighting KP in your dream with a fight? No, it was not. <laughs> I started this as a joke, Scoots. If we actually had the resources and people would be willing to talk about it, I would really love to do an investigative Karan Davis podcast. Yeah, I would love. I'm for- not even joking. I would love for you to do it. First of all, we still have no idea how we even found out this kid was a basketball player. Like it, it's the most random recruitment of all time. A like no name, no recruiting profile, JUCO in California with no other scholarship offers comes to play for Louisville. He looks bad when we see him. Then the mystery the, the mystery of him being away from the team, what happened there? We've heard now that it was like there was, there was a verbal altercation between Kenny Payne and Karan Davis. Uh, what exactly happened? What's Karan Davis's story on that? Um, and now him going to every game and being on camera every single game is the, like props to him for sticking around and supporting yeah. the team, I guess. But it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, you say you need the resources. What, what do we need to do to make it happen? So we start like a GoFundMe, yes. raise some funds. Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, the, the biggest thing is we would need Karan Davis to cooperate with it. Oh, I think he would. He's got. We, we have, all you got to do is go squat by him nec- next to him by at a game one time. Card Chronicles. He'd, he'd probably spill everything. Probably, probably would. Honestly, I need to slide the DMs, make that happen. But I mean, the other thing is, what happens next? I mean, he's he didn't have any other major scholar. He didn't have any period scholarship offers. Period. Besides us coming here, I'm assuming he wants to continue his basketball career. What if he goes to like? I don't know. Morehead State and scores thirty three points a game next year. I think he's holding out hope for the next coach, and he's going to try to slide in with him. I think you might be right. And what? And what if he kills it here next year? Yeah, we hire whoever we 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 bring in Scott Drew, and Karan Davis leads us to the the, the Elite Eight next year. <laughs> It'd be the most incredible story of all time. I'm fascinated by what's going on here. Texas says, "Can we get a moon status for the Super Bowl? Which team thrives under said moon face?" I don't want to talk about this. Because I know what it is. Ooh, it's your moon. It's a waxing crescent. Dang. We would have won. We would have won. But I did see that the Chiefs are undefeated under the waxing crescent this year. I think they're like 4-0 and the, the Niners are 2-2. Two and two. Load up on the Chiefs. <laughs> when I saw that, my, my, my heart just dropped. 
It sank. I was like, it's a waxing crescent? Oh. The day of the, like, the day before the game, I'm at, uh, Mary was, we were hosting, like, a little, like, kind of brunch get-together for uh, her sister's birthday. So she was staying home getting the house ready, and I took Virginia to ballet. And I'm hanging out talking with some of the other, like, it's, it's basically me and, like, one other dad and, like, all the moms. And I'm talking to a couple of the moms that I know. And they're, talk- they're asking me about the lines. Like, they're, they're all in on the lines. Like, it's so fun. It's the day before the game. And I'm talking about the moon thing. And I'm like, I, I buy into the moon thing now. And I'm like, I'm a waxing crescent guy. And one of them is like, I, she like shows me her necklace. She's like, I have a waxing crescent charm on my necklace. <laughs> and I was like, we're going to win this game by 43 points. <laughs> I've never been more sure. The, the whole universe was lined up. Damn it, Dan. Did you, see the, did you see the meme going around yesterday of Dan Campbell playing, spinning the big wheel on the prices right? No. It's like on 95 cents. And he's like, he's like I'm going to spin again, Drew. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Text says uh, a lot of people uprooted their shrubs. Uh, their their, sh- their shrubs. A lot of people uprooted their shrubs too early. Mine ended up all coming back. You needed some patience, but mine are back to normal. We waited for a while. They were very clearly dead. Can we call them shrubs from now on? Shrubs. I like that way better. <laughs> I think I just saw uprooted. It stuck with my <laughs> in my brain. There. We had only one of ours survived last year, uh, but we had to replant a bunch of stuff. The, the the front was actually okay. The back was just was terrible. It was all gone. Sounds like I'm talking about something else. Texture <laughs> says, can I give uh, the number today? Okay. Coaching Canada of the day. Wasn't ready for it, but let's do it. Let's do it. Let me pull up. Um, we do this every day. It's Coaching Canada of the day. Check uh, your list. Is old buddy on there? Sprinkle? Danny Sprinkle? I see what this person's trying to do, but I'm, I'm not going to let you do it because I, I'm using the net rankings today. He's trying to, to pick his to hand pick his candidate. So he gave out number 62, which on Ken Palm is Ole Miss and Chris Beard. <laughs> but I, I use the net ranking some days. I use uh, Bart Torvik some days. I use Ken Palm other days. And that means, no, that's not our candidate for today. You chose somebody else. Good try, pal. It's an interesting candidate. He's having a great year. He's never been, he's a lifelong mid major coach. Spent seven seasons having a good, not great run at Georgia Southern. Parlayed that into a better gig in the Colonial Athletic Association. Now he's back in the Sun Belt where he was before with James Madison. We're talking, of course, Mm. about Mark Bington, who was the coach of the James Madison Dukes, currently sitting at 20-3 overall and 8-3 in the Sun Belt. Not a lock to make the NCAA tournament, but have a very, very good shot. It's a competitive league. They've lost both their games to App State, though, which is a little bit of an issue. Not sure if um, he's ready for the jump to the big leagues, but apparently, from what I'm hearing, Josh Hurd thinks he may have the goods. I mean, he's more prepared than the guy you have now was. That's what a lot of people are saying. It's why there's palpable buzz that there is mutual interest between Louisville and Mark Bington from James Madison. He's on the list, folks. Bington? Bington. Sounds like my Oma's name, which is Bengta. What's the other one? What, what, do you, what do you call your grandpa? Who's the funny one? Oma and Opa. Oma and Opa. Bengta and Jurgen. Is that German? It's very, very German. Yeah. It sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize you were German. I'm 50% German. There you go. My mom moved here when she was nine years old. Really? Yeah. It's like first year, second generation. Yeah. First, wow. first generation, really. Wow. That's wild. Mm-hmm. I thought I was close with, uh, with my Irish roots, but yeah, German, bang. Um, the guy that did update and said, "Little did you know, Mike, I'm a Duke's guy." There you go. He won. He won. <laughs> didn't want Chris Beard. He wanted Mark Bington. 
Um, you got him. He's on the list. We've had a couple of really back-to-back. We had Darian DeVries yesterday from Drake. So is Sprinkle on there or no? I, Danny Sprinkle, no, we've talked about him. He's not on the list. Oh. He's not officially on the list. And look, you're not a real candidate unless you make the list. Right. That's what we know. The, whoever gets hired is going to be from this list of now 24 people. It yeah, will I only thought continue. he was on there. We'll have our new coaching candidate of the day tomorrow. Props to Mark Bington. Go Dukes. Make it happen. We got one hour left. We'll uh, get you ready for tonight's Woo. game against Syracuse. We'll take more texts, obviously. They'll make some predictions for the night ahead in sports. Keep it locked right here. The Mike Rutherford Show continues after this here on the Big X. Mike Rutherford Show, 1459, the Big X. I can't hear this song without thinking of Ted. <laughs> you love Ted. Got to. I love the So when we were talking about Trey during the break, uh, Trey Ryan from Cluckers. Uh, when we were talking about, you know, I, I posed the question to you a couple weeks ago. I was like, if you went on, did what I did, go on this podcast, where they ask you to bring up like a, a work of pop culture, a book, a movie, a show that you could talk in depth about and kind of talk about in a humorous way, mm-hmm. what would you, and you said Ted. Mm-hmm. And out of nowhere, Trey just brought up like how much he loves Ted the show and Ted the movie. Like, I was like, you and Scooch should just like hang out. I need to get into the show. I, I saw it when I got on Peacock last night to watch the Indiana Ohio State game. It was kind of off onto the side. I was like, man, I need to start that. I uh, bet it is hilarious. Uh, but you've gained six followers. Look at me go. On Twitter, 537 now. So technically seven. You lost the one. We're back at 537 now. We're feeling good. Yeah, I'm feeling great. <laughs> don't Don't expect too much out of me, though. By the way, that door's going down. I, it, is it? Is, I mean, I'm telling you right now. I'm calling it. I, I hope it's not me, but I do forget that it's just totally. It's gonna fall. It's gonna break that copier that's out there. It's going. It, the second row of hinges is, is just. It's it's hanging on oh, by it's, a thread. It's right done. Now. It's it's almost done. Told you. It's bad. And that door's heavy. That's it's gonna, all good until we lose that bottom set. It's a disaster waiting to happen out there right now. I don't know what happened with that. They had somebody looking at it last week. I don't know. He just said, "Forget it." It's too much. Too much work. Well, Troy literally told me as they were being installed that he had his best man on it. Yep. And I met his best man. I didn't realize his best man was Trevor, I guess. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. I don't know how we just got the door messed up. guess he's just busy. Doesn't have time for us. I don't know, but it looks bad. It looks rough. Five o'clock hour here at the Rutherford Show. We want to hear from you this hour. A lot of texts already in. If you want to get texts in before the end of the show, hit us up at 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line. We're talking a lot about tonight's game against Syracuse, Louisville, an eight-and-a-half-point underdog at last check, looking for two wins in a row, the first time they would have won back-to-back ACC games since all the way back at the start of the 2021-2022 season when they started that year 4-0 in conference play, which is wild to think about. But the Cards hitting the road tonight, looking for their just their second road win under Kenny Payne, their second ACC road win of the season. 
Syracuse is coming off of back-to-back losses. They have not played well recently. Um, lost to Boston College in the middle of the week last week, which is a tough loss, and then was blown out by Wake Forest over the weekend, 99-70. to The final score is Wake Forest kind of did to them what they did to us early in the year by making a billion threes and, and running them out of the gym. Syracuse has been much, much better at home than they have been on the road. Only one home loss so far this season, and that came at the hands of Florida State. It was a lopsided home loss, 85-69 to a couple of weeks ago. Besides that, they've beaten they've beaten some good teams at home. Wins over Miami, Boston College, Pitt. You said good teams. Well, I mean, you haven't named a good team yet. Point taken. <laughs> Very okay teams. Uh, they've beaten at home. Uh, NC State. They beat them at home by twelve last week. Maybe no NCAA tournament teams, but that's life in the ACC this year. So hopefully, I think we can get a Syracuse team that's. Eh, I guess that they're still sort of in the same spot that Florida State was when we played them over the weekend, where they're firmly on the outside of the NCAA tournament picture looking in right now, but there's still a possibility with their schedule lining up the way that it does that they could get hot and win enough to maybe put themselves in a position where if they won a couple of games in the conference tournament, they could be one of the last teams in the field of 68. If they lose at home to us, probably tanks that thought. It's already a little bit of a long shot. They're number 87 in the net rankings. They are 1-6 uh, in Quadrant 1 games, but they don't have a, a terrible loss yet. They don't have any Quad 4 losses. This would be a Quad 4 loss for them. So, like Florida State, you need to just avoid the disaster scenario against Louisville, who checks into tonight at number 192 in the net rankings, uh, one spot behind Sam Houston, one spot ahead of Merrimack. Suck at Merrimack. Two spots ahead of Georgetown. Eat that, Ed Cooley. We don't need you here. What happened to my Hoosiers last night? They move up at all? Uh, I, I can't imagine that they did by a wide margin. Uh, the, the, the crazy thing is when I search for Indiana on any metric, I've got to scroll past Indiana State now. <laughs> well, Indiana State should be way ahead of us. Indiana State's number 22. They're one spot ahead wow. of Kentucky right now in the net rankings. Wow. They're a spot ahead of you. They're sandwiched in between Duke and Kentucky That's in the incredible. net rankings. Indiana is up four spots to number 99. Hey, one spot behind Duquesne. Movement. Not great movement. <laughs> but still movement nonetheless. But Card's looking to get it done tonight, looking to make this conversation. I mean, like I said earlier in the first hour, if you want to go back and listen to the podcast, you can. But I do think if they win this game, the murmurs out there about Kenny Payne making it awkward and people who are fearing year three of KP and who are like, oh, he's going to end up winning just enough to, to make this a conversation, those murmurs will become much louder than than murmurs or whispers. This will become an outright conversation. When you look at the rest of the schedule and look at how weak it is, if we're playing good basketball, especially if they win like convincingly tonight, let's say that they play just as well as they did against Florida State and win a game where they're kind of in front the whole way, they're leading by double figures at some points, they're scoring well, all of a sudden people are going to be like, damn, they're probably going to win five or six more games after this too. And all of a sudden, you'll have people saying, look at the injuries, look at the, how he's been able to get this team unified and kept them locked in and playing hard and and turning a corner. And if we can bring back the bulk of this roster and bring in some guys to the transfer portal, this can be a great team next year. Like That conversation will happen. I'll fight it tooth and nail, but it will happen. If they lose tonight, and especially if they lose by the margins that we're used to, where it's like, hey, you know, they kind of came back in the game in the second half. It was close late, but they ended up losing by 12. The conversation goes back to right where it was a week and a half ago. 
they're not winning enough. They're not doing enough. They're not getting dramatically better. The ACC is down, and they're still the worst team in the conference, all that stuff. And it goes back to, to coaching search talk, which is still happening, but it will happen at, at more of it. It'll go back to being the main conversation. I'm very curious to see how this team plays tonight. I'm also very curious to see how, how Kenny Payne handles the personnel situation. Tyler Johnson didn't just play well against Florida State. He did something that no Louisville player has ever done before. 20, uh, 27 points, 11 assists. Had never been done by a Louisville player in history. And that was the first time that we've gotten a chance to see him kind of just let loose, play for 38 minutes, and be able to make mistakes, kind of play through mistakes. He wasn't going to get benched. There was no other point guard to get out there. Does Kenny Payne roll with him tonight, even if Sky Clark is available? And if Sky Clark's available, do you play him and Tyler Johnson together? Do, do we see Brandon Huntley Hatfield continue his strong play? I mean, play? If, if that's the case, though, you're playing Tyler or Sky Clark together, don't you have to have Mike James out there at the same time, too? You can. I, I mean, I don't think people would be opposed to a lineup that is those three, those three Huntley Hatfield and Brandon Huntley Hatfield and uh, Trey White playing the four, playing going a little bit smaller, playing the four. Maybe rotating Curtis Williams in at three or the four and doing that. I think the fan base just wants to see Tyler Johnson. Yeah. He was the, like, if you're looking at the difference for why Louisville looked so superior offensively against Florida State on Saturday, as opposed to the way they've looked offensively for the past couple of years, it, it was Tyler Johnson. Like, that's it. And Florida State recognized it early. You saw them face guarding him, not just, uh, you know, when they crossed half court, they were trying to keep the ball out of his hands from the moment Louisville inbound the ball on the other end of the floor. They were full-court face-guarding Tyler Johnson, and they just couldn't keep it away from him because he's that quick. But they knew, like, good things are happening when he gets the ball in his hands, and Louisville's not doing much when he doesn't get the ball in his hands. He was the difference in that game. And now, was that a flash in the pan? Or? That's what we don't know. But at this point, with us being 7-15 and 15 and 2-9 and nine in the ACC, I think it's worth rolling the dice. Yeah, if he comes out. out tonight and sucks and you lose by 20, okay, cool. <laughs> we can go back to seeing... Uh, you know what's going to happen, but he has a, a skill set that not a lot of people in college basketball have when it comes to his quickness and his ability to get into the lane and some of the passes that he makes. Like he's got those unteachable skills that very few players, even at this level, have. And I know that he has deficiencies. I know he has a long way to go to be a complete player. But for right now, with the position that we're in, where this is already kind of a lost season, and you're not going to make the NCAA tournament, and it's kind of just about. Kenny Payne, I guess, coaching for his job. You roll with him. Like, you know, we've scored 101 points against FSU last week. You do whatever you did in that game again and see if you can replicate that level of success. And if he comes out tonight and plays Tyler Johnson for like 18 minutes and he plays well and he still doesn't get more floor time, I think that's just it's exhibit 15,000 of coaching malpractice. You've got to roll with him tonight. The even, only, even if he doesn't play great. The only issue with doing what you did the other night is you got Sky Clark thrown into the mix. So, That's what I'm saying. I, I mean, I don't care. You roll with, with Tyler Johnson. What, you just sit Sky Clark on the bench? I mean, if you want him to do what they did the other night, it's Sky Clark not playing. So I play Sky Clark at the two. If Sky's not playing well, look, I, I, I know he's a big-time NIL kid. I know he's been our second-leading scorer, and, and he's second on the team in assists, which he should be first as much as he handles the ball. You sit him. We beat Florida State by seven without him. We scored 101 points without him. If we're a better team without him, find out. Like I don't think we are. I I think that Sky Clark has to be on the floor for us to be the best version of ourselves. 
But I think Tyler Johnson has to be out there too at this point. Roll the dice. And, and again, like it's all, if it's a guess and check situation, cool. If Scott Clark doesn't play a ton tonight and Tyler Johnson does and we get rolled and Tyler looks terrible, go back to the way that we were doing things. But the way that we were doing things was getting our ass kicked pretty much every single game. And this new way where we're focusing more on BHH in the post, we're playing a smaller bench, we're rolling with Tyler Johnson at the point, in a very limited sample size, worked out pretty damn well. It's, it's worth at least trying again. We don't have a whole lot of wins as, as, as plot points in this study. Let's build off this one and just see, see if maybe there's something that's there that could work long-term for us, or at least long-ish term since we only have a month of the season left. If he doesn't do it tonight, I don't know what he's doing. I don't, I don't know what he's thinking, but I've had that thought many times over the past couple of years. <laughs> 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. If you got thoughts on this or anything else, hit us up. We're also checking the, the Rutherford Show poll of the day, which is the best or your favorite win over Syracuse all-time in men's basketball. Only two real choices here. It's still neck and neck, uh, neck and neck-ish. Last game in Freedom Hall leads with 54.8% of the vote. The 2013 Big East Tournament Championship game is right behind it with 44.2% of the vote. So the last game in Freedom Hall kind of pulling away as the show goes on. And I get it. I get it. My vote would be for the Big East Tournament Championship game, but it's a, it's a personal one. There's no wrong answer. They both are, are two of the most significant non-NCAA tournament wins um, in any of our Louisville fandom. I don't care how old you are. If, as long as you experience them, they've got to be on that list. Texter sends in an image. What is it? Uh, it's the it's just man bear pig. I'm super serious. <laughs> I don't even know what that's in reference to, but I enjoy it. I'm super duper serial. Isn't that from the Simpsons movie? No, it's from South Park with Al Gore. Not a big South Park guy. Bad bear pick. MVP. Texas says, remember when UK and IU fans wanted Chris Holtman to be their next head coach? He'll be lucky now if he gets a CUSA job. Yeah, there was a... There was a time where... 24 of his last 30 Big Ten games were losses. Holy smokes. It's not good. It's not good. There was a time where, because of his UK ties, because remember, like, Holtman would come up in Louisville discussions a lot, and I mean, especially two years ago when he still was, his star was much brighter than it is right now. He would come up and a lot of people would say he won't take the job because his, his, his whole family is like diehard UK fans. Like diehard UK, like still cheers for UK. And his wife's a diehard UK fan and all this stuff. And he's just holding out hope that he's going to get the UK job at some point in time. Well, guess what? He ain't getting the UK job. It's not happening. He may not have a job this time next year, and if he does, it's going to be at a level much, much lower than Ohio State. Uh, he is not not performing well at the moment. But there was a time where both IU and, U- and UK fans really wanted Chris Holtman. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing more. Like I brought, it, we, we talked about it on the show probably like a month and a half ago that I, I'd heard in college basketball circles that there's there's this kind of unspoken feeling out there that Scott Drew is going to be the guy who replaces Calipari. And I'm seeing that talked about more and more openly now. I don't know if it's just getting out there more or if it's everybody is, is talking to the same people. God, but wouldn't that be so annoying? Why? If Kentucky just went from Cal just straight into Scott Drew. Like the, that, that would suck. The weird thing is, though, when I see it put out there, I think Kyle Tucker made some reference to it. He was talking, he basically had said somebody threw out like five options because, you know, UK fans now, they're very upset and they're all like, it, it, they're doing their own coaching search thing, which will stop the minute that UK starts winning again. But after the loss on Saturday, there was somebody who was like, Chris Beard, Eric Musselman, Will Wade, Scott Drew, somebody else. Like that, like that's the list. And Kyle Tucker was basically like, I'll tell you right now, there's no way that 
that Mitch Barnhart hires the first three on those lists. Like he's not going to hire Beard, he's not going to hire Musselman, he's not going to hire Will Wade, and I, he's like, I'd bet my next paycheck that it's Scott Drew who's next. And that's kind of been the thing for a while. Is and it, it changes for a while there. Chris Beard was the guy that everybody talked about in those terms. Mm-hmm. Like he's going to be, he'll make the move. And it was Sean Miller before that. Like when when Cal retires, because we thought Cal was going to retire like seventeen times over the last decade, and now it's Scott Drew. And when I see it brought up, like UK fans are kind of complaining about it. Like there, there was one guy who, and it was a total misuse of stats. He he was putting up Scott Drew's numbers versus John Calipari's numbers since Calipari got hired at UK in 09. And it was like, you know, he's got five first-round exits. Cal's got three first-round exits. He's missed two NCAA tournaments. Cal's missed uh, he's missed three NCAA tournaments. Cal's missed two NCAA tournaments. Like, stuff like that. And then somebody was like, okay, let's do the next the last five years. And it's very much in favor of Scott Drew. Like, like he's been the better. He's won like 30 more games than Cal. His winning percentage is like 12 percentage points higher. He's got the national title. He's been a one seed three times. Would have been four times. Um... Like he's got the upper hand recently. But UK fans are kind of doing this thing where it's like, I think he's good, but I think we could get better. And when, when I hear people say that, I'm like, I don't think you're really looking at the national landscape right now because they're just there aren't those names floating. Like there's not a Calipari floating around there right now. Mm-hmm. Scott Drew is maybe the best reasonable candidate to go out there and get. I'm sure UK fans, whenever this happens, whether it's this year, next year, five years from now, Whenever the Indiana series starts. Yeah, the, the, exactly. They'll float if Jay Wright's still flying around there as a possible. Whoever the Jay Wright of that time is, they'll talk about him. If it, Billy Donovan's still an option, they'll talk about him. But for right now, you got a lot of young names that may be the next wave and a lot of established guys that just aren't leaving where they are. Like I don't think Danny Hurley's leaving UConn for UK. He's a Northeast guy, loves the Big East. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe he would jump for a gig. But right now, when he's got it rolling up there, I think he's kind of I think he's got at least ten years or five to ten years up there. We know like Mark Few's not leaving Gonzaga, Bill Self's not leaving Kansas, Tom Izzo's not leaving Michigan State. So you've got a, a, a bunch of guys, and they're basically the same pool of names that we're talking about for the Louisville job that all check a lot of boxes, but are still pretty big guesses. And then Scott Drew, and UK fans are like, we I want somebody better. Maybe somebody will be better in three years. Maybe Nate Oates goes out there and wins two national titles at Bama, yeah. and you know he he wants to go to UK. Maybe somebody else wins a national title and, and, and is pretty consistent. But for right now, it's it's a weird field of, of it's a weird pool of coaching candidates. Well, Kentucky's not going to take the hot name per se. They're they're going to take the most proven guy, right? It's, and it's why I think Scott Drew is. I think that rumor is true. I, I think that he's he's the guy that they're. That they're waiting on. Like, if something happens with Cal in the relatively near future, this year, like within a three-year window, I think Scott Drew's next up. But it's always a fluid situation. It could always change. But I, I think you're right. Like, they're not going to, if they don't have to, gamble on a coach who's he's he's, he's had a, a good four-year run, but he's never been to a Final Four. Like they're not going to go after that guy. They kind of did it with Gillespie, and it blew up in their face pretty badly. Yep. Texture says, "No way we would want Tony Bennett's boring ass style of play." I'm telling you, you and, and a contingent of fans would hate it until they actually started playing and winning. If we hired a coach whose style was to drop kick the ball in every offensive possession, <laughs> but we started winning that way, we we we, we would embrace it. We we'd start playing drop kick Murphys in every game. We would start. Yeah, you know, people would start drop drop kicking like 
stuffed animals onto the floor at halftime. Like we would, you'd hate it at first, but you would eventually love winning cures everything. It changes everything. Texture says Brad Stevens was trending earlier today. My heart fluttered. Unfortunately, it was just about the NBA trade deadline. If we hired Brad Stevens after all of my jokes of for like the last 15 years, it'd be just the best. It'd be the best. <laughs> it'd be, I mean, I would also have to acknowledge the comedy and if he came here and just sucked <laughs> after everybody's talking about how Brad Stevens, like every co- coaching, every co- college basketball program was rumored to be tied to Brad Stevens at one point in time. He's been like the white whale out there. If he finally came back to college, like I'm ready and just was absolutely awful here. Well, to take a, Take a joke out of your book. I heard that Vince Marrow's interested in the job. Hey, you got to pay him. You want to keep him. Got to pay him. Uh, sorry, I'm just seeing now my, my son is sick. That's great. Jeez. Never Text- ending. And it really, really doesn't. It really doesn't. I thought he was getting better. Texter says, I listen to Gary Parrish over Jeff Goodman in Field of 68 every day. I do listen to the – like, I used to listen to every single one of the Parrish Norlander podcasts. Um I, I don't anymore. I, I, I catch it when I've got time, but I, I don't listen to very much of the Field of 68 stuff. If there's a clip circulating that's out there that's interesting, like if, if I've heard they've said something about Louisville, then I'll check it out. But like those the nightly shows that they do and all that stuff, I don't really check it out. Is it because of Goodman's voice? Be honest. No, I, I, like I don't hate Jeff Goodman as much as... as I don't hate him do. either, but his voice drives me nuts. The way he looks when he talks drives me more yeah, nuts than the true. actual voice. His whole face moves. Yeah. But he can't control that. I can't hate him for that. Texas, there's no way this team wins more than four games out of our last nine. They're too inconsistent. Every time somebody says something like that on the text line, they start winning again. Remember the day when we beat, when we beat Miami? TJ was like, how does Mike see this team beating anybody the rest of the year the way they're playing? He's like, I don't see another win out there. And then they won that night. <laughs> we had a similar talk before the Florida State game on Friday. It's like, why, why does Mike keep saying they're going to win three or four games in February? I've seen nothing... They, they go out there. Every time that comes up, we wind up winning that very next game. So Good job, Texter. You just guaranteed a Louisville win tonight. Texas, isn't the Rutherford House very pro-Tony Bennett, your wife specifically? Yes. <laughs> yes, she is. My wife enjoys Tony Bennett. Mm. We did a... Um, we did a, a Tyson Tate live show at Headliners back in, I think it was 2018. Uh, it was the day of the Breeders' Cup. I came straight from the, the track. I was very toasted. Uh, they like to tell that story all the time. I, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was intoxicated. I was, I was living my best life. But they did this thing at Headliners where they were talking about like who should be the next Louisville head coach. We'd already hired Chris Mack, but they still they wanted to get the joke out there. And so they were just shuffling through a bunch of like pictures and making jokes. And Tony Bennett popped up. And my wife very audibly goes, he's so handsome. <laughs> And like so, it was like so loud that like I had to stop. And be like that's my wife out there, by the way, talking about Tony Bennett. I'm like, he is. He's a good looking guy. What do you want me to say? Texas says, could the man that climbed the sphere do a better job at Louisville than Kenny Payne? <laughs> by the way, that's that person's first text in almost a year to the text line. <laughs> um, probably. Texas TJ is the bleeping way, baby. This Otzelberger, the movement's happening. That's that's my number one. You're you're all in on Otzelberger. If, if I'm Louisville, that's my number one. Absolutely. Really, number yep. one. Yep. I mean, r- realistic guys. 
I think there's a there's a very probable chance because we've been talking about the same names for basically a year. I mean, I would take him over Tang. I'd take him over Mick Cronin, definitely. I'd take him over Musselman. You know what? I would too. I think there's a. I'm not saying it's. I'd probably to, take him over Beard. He's also he's 46. He's pretty young. Yeah. I think there's a very realistic chance that you know we've been talking about we've been talking about the same pool of names as if it's an absolute for the last year, right? Dusty May, Jerome Tang, Mick yep. Cronin, Eric Musselman. Every now and then, somebody else gets kind of tossed in to, the, to that mix. But you, I mean, Troy Donovan's out there tweeting the pictures of those four guys and then scratching off Mick Cronin, and we're we're acting like it's just this small pool that we're working from. And maybe it does wind up being Jerome Tang or, or Musselman or or somebody. But I think it's very realistic that whoever we wind up hiring is a name that has not been discussed all that much up until you know, we start hearing a little bit of buzz like two days before it gets finalized, and then bam, it's somebody like TJ Otzelberger who winds up being the head coach. I mean, it, maybe it winds up being a guy that is we're looking at right now, we're kind of like, yeah, you know, I, 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 I don't know. He's okay. But this guy gets hot in the NCAA tournament, goes to an Elite Eight, makes a name for, i.e. like Shaheen Holloway a couple of years ago. Maybe not at that program, but sort of a, a, a major conference equivalent. And all of a sudden, the hot name becomes the hot candidate on our big board, and he winds up getting the job. Like, Could Dusty maybe be that guy? If he made a deep tournament run again, would his name get even hotter? I think that's something that could happen. Yeah, Because they've been, you know, they're good, but they've lost a handful of games that they shouldn't have lost this year. I think there's a lot of questions about can they do it again? And if you can go to, like, let's say he did the Brad Stevens thing. He goes to back-to-back Final Fours at a place like Florida Atlantic. That speaks pretty loudly. I think then you'd have a lot more Louisville fans who would be on board, even with the same issues that we have right now being present as far as making the jump from uh, a Conference USA program to, I mean, an American Athletic Conference program to an ACC program. You know, how do you recruit? What's your style? Like, like all that stuff would still be present, but my God, the guy just went back-to-back Final Fours at FAU, give him whatever he wants. Yep. Uh, stick our last break. When we come back, we will take as many texts as we can, and then we'll make some predictions about tonight, including your Louisville Cardinals against the Syracuse Orange. All coming your way next in the final segment of the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1. Big Wednesday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show. Reminds me of Bulldog. I don't know why. Okay, there you go. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton Sex Line. This is your last segment, your last chance to have your thoughts heard on this game day Wednesday as the cards get ready to take on Syracuse. 7 o'clock tip-off tonight from the artist formerly known as the Carrier Dome, the building formerly known as the Carrier Dome. First of two meetings between these two teams, uh, Syracuse will come to town on March 2nd. It's a Saturday game, the penultimate Saturday of the regular season. So if the cars don't get them tonight, maybe they'll get them in a few weeks. Uh, Louisville, 8.5 point underdogs in this game, looking to win back-to-back conference games for the first time since the beginning 
of the 2021-2022 conference slate. JMA Wireless Dome. We don't, we don't call it That's that. That's horrible. We don't call it that. I understand why. The JWD? No. Come on. It's the it's the carrier dome for God's sake. It is going to be weird, like winning the if we win the opening tip tonight, not seeing Syracuse immediately fall back in that two three zone. I don't know what it looks like. I, I, I watched highlights uh, to to get ready for the post today from their NC State game, and it just it felt wrong, like watching them play man to man defense. It's like yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, it's weird. It's like what's next? Like Virginia. when you get forty years of doing it one way, and then the team does it another way. It's like Virginia starting to play like Loyola Marymount next <laughs> next year. It just feels wrong. You can't do it. Styles have to be styles. Um, all right, Thor's text line. Let's get to your text. We got a lot to get through. Texas says Mike and Scoots. Let's do Big Twelve today. Oh, this is our our coaching moves guy. Oh heck yeah. Looking at the standings, I'm thinking over under three and a half coaches are on the move after this season. Potential moves are Oklahoma State, West Virginia, and UCF getting fired, then Jerome Tang leaving Kansas State. I think only three of those things happen, maybe. I believe Scott Drew and TJ Osterberger stay at their respective schools. No, he's got a few things wrong there. Osterberger's definitely leaving because he's coming to Louisville. Kansas State, Jerome Tang's going to have nowhere else to go, so he's going to stay. Well, I mean, the, the one guarantee, like West Virginia's going to bring in a new coach. Yeah. They're not keeping the interim. Correct. So that's one. Oklahoma State. What, Mike what's Boynton. their situation? Oh, it's Boynton still. Boynton's still there. He gone. He might be gone. Like, like he's very much like he had a great start, and I like Mike Boynton, but they have not recruited well. They've not done well in the transfer portal, and they've been pretty bad now. For I mean, they made the NCAA tournament last year. No, mm. no, they didn't. No, they didn't. I take it back. They almost made the NCAA tournament last year. They didn't. They went to the NIT. Um. So he still has yet to make the NCAA tournament as their head coach. They should no, I'm wrong again. They made it in 2021 as a four seed. I bet I bet he gets another year. I bet they give him another year. I bet not. You could be right. I'm gonna bet on on him staying there. I think I think Tang goes somewhere. He wants out of Kansas State. He's gonna make a move at some point. West Miller, I guess, technically could go somewhere. I think he probably gets at least one more year at Cincinnati. Who's with UCF? It's still um, um, Donnie um, Baker. No, 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 no. Donnie Baker here. Not not Donnie. Johnny Johnny Dawkins is still there. Hmm. He's been there for a while. They're kind of trying to save his job. They've been playing better the last few weeks. They beat Oklahoma on uh, on Saturday. That was a big win for them. They play Texas Tech this Saturday. That could be a big game for them. He may. I, I think he's more likely to lose, to lose his job than Boyd. I think he keeps it as well. I, I might go under here. I'm going over. I'm going to say Tang leaves, West Virginia brings in a new coach, and then somebody else that we're not talking about leaves. Somebody like Otzelberger, uh, maybe Porter Moser at Oklahoma, um, Mark Pope at BYU is doing some good things. Maybe he gets a look from a big job. There's not going to be that many big jobs that open. Rodney Terry is probably still on the hot seat at Texas a little bit. Like they, may, they may make a quick move if they don't make the NCAA tournament, but I think ultimately he says, I, I think it's going to be three, so I'm going to take the under here. I'm going with four. Okay. You can be right. Mark me down for the over, Texter. Texter says, there is no way that Josh Hurd would keep KP for year three. If he is truly a disciple of Jurich, then he will fire KP at the end of the year. I still think that's far and away the most likely scenario. With every time, like, I know people are upset that Josh gave him a second year. I know people are upset that Josh kept him into the new year. But every time that he's talked, Josh has seemed to make it a point to speak to the fan base and let them know, like, I get it. You're pissed off. 
I'm pissed off too. This isn't the way that it's supposed to be. This is not the standard here. He can't say those types of things and then also keep Kenny Payne if he's, you know, won four games in year one and like 12 games in year two. He just can't. It's just not good enough. Nobody, if you told, if you'd done an interview with Josh Hurd before he hired a coach 22 months ago, March of 2022, and you told him, hey man, the guy you hire is going to win 18 combined games in his first two seasons. He'd say, I need to hire somebody else then. That's not good enough. Nobody, regardless, even if you said there's a postseason ban coming, nobody would have said 18 wins after two years or something in that ballpark is good enough. We would have all said, well, you can't hire that guy. We don't need to rethink our standards now that we're in the middle of the of the bleep. Him being so bad in year one does not reset expectations. It doesn't lower the bar, at least it shouldn't. I think Josh knows that. If he said all these things to us directly in these interviews and then does something entirely different at the end of the season, then, yeah, I'll, I'll be upset about it. I will. Texture says, this decision is above Hurd's head. His departure from UofL will be as messy as Tom and Vince's were. Well, I hope that's not true. I don't think it'll be messy. I think it'll be nice and quick. I mean, Tom's was definitely messy. Vince's was just weird because it was – there was no real sense that he was thinking about leaving, and then it kind of popped up, oh, like Vince's is actually – he doesn't want – like I'd heard that he didn't want to do it after the year, that he was kind of like, I just – I came here to to balance the budget, to kind of get this the program back rolling. I never saw this as a long-term thing. I want to go back to the private sector – like I started to hear that before his last year, but there was never any indication that he was going to leave in the middle of the year. And then all of a sudden it's, hey, he's the top candidate for the Florida State AD job. That was super weird. And then boom, it's like, oh, he's not getting the job, and he's just done. And then Neely Benefuli leaves the next day. Like It was more weird than it was, I think, messy. And I think now looking back, it's very clear that he and, and Benefuli and, and some of the other higher-ups did not have the best relationship, and I do think it stems back to the Chris Mack situation. But the the abrupt departure... It wasn't as nearly as messy as Tom Jurich's, where Tom was like, Tom would have, was going to fight anybody tooth and nail just to hang on to his job. He was never going to leave willingly, and he left unwillingly. Texas says, "Would you rather win a game one hundred nine to seventy seven or seventy eight to fifty five in terms of Ken Palm or net ranking?" Well, it depends on what Good your profile question. is. If you are, this is about Kentucky. If you're Kentucky, you want to win that game 78 to 55. So, because your your offensive metrics great, your defensive metrics crap. So, if the de- defensive metric climbs exponentially, it's going to help your overall ranking. Whereas, if you improve your offense, like there's only so much you can improve your offensive ranking already. So, Ken Palm, every metric out there, the net, Bartorvik, whatever, they recognize that Kentucky's an elite offensive team. You hang 109 on Vandy, it's not going to do that much for you. But if you hold Vandy to like 48 points or something like that, it's going to help you more than than whomping on them by 109. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter that much. Beating like they do what they're supposed to. They beat Vandy handily. Their net ranking is still fine. Like they're what they're right behind Indiana State. We said they're 23rd. They jumped four spots in the net rankings after yesterday. The issue for them is they've got to do better with quad one opportunities. They're two and four in quad one games. They've got one quad three loss. Um, Two quad one wins, it's going to be tough to justify a, a three seed. And like they're, some of their games they thought were going to be big games, like Miami's not that good, so that win does nothing for you. Gonzaga, they play Saturday. Guess what? Gonzaga's not that good. Gonzaga's firmly on the wrong side of the NCAA tournament bubble right now. Yeah, they've been awful. And 
Gonzaga is going to come in like with everything to gain and not a ton to lose. If you if they lose this game, their only path to the NCAA tournament is winning the West Coast tournament. If they win it, maybe there's an outside shot that they can make it. But right now, like they're like beating Gonzaga at home doesn't help you that much. Can't but, believe that bum Mark Fuse on our list. He is. He's on the list. What Kentucky really needs to do they they they've got to win. You've got to win at least one of the Auburn, Alabama, Tennessee games on your schedule. Preferably two of the three, if you want to be a top three seed. They also, I mean, I, like, if you look at the standings, there's a very real chance they're not going to be one of those double-by teams in the conference tournament. Like, they might have to play on that Thursday as the five seed. So you, you'd like to avoid that if possible. But um, they're going to have to jump one of Auburn, Ole Miss, Bama, and Tennessee. And they all have games on, on Kentucky right now. Texter says, Mike, the same hesitation that saved Kenny after the UK game will absolutely give KP a year three if they end the year with any momentum. I can't believe I'm saying this, but for the sake of the program, go Q's. Man, the, the paranoid texters about year three Kenny have just really, really ratcheted up over the last 48 hours. Like People are, are terrified that this is actually going to happen. And I can't imagine what it's going to be like if we actually win this game tonight on tomorrow's show. Texas says Scoots has less than half the number of followers that Trevor has. Yeah. Pick it up. I, I mean, we're trying. We gained seven today. That's good. Let's update it. See if we... No, there's no more. Guarantee it. Justin Kalen, PXP, is the handle. Yeah, it's 537. 537. Follow Scoots. 600. The quest is 600. The quest is 600 by the end of the month. By the time we get to March. Scoots, 600. Texas Scoots has the least retweetable Twitter account. Sorry, man, I'll still follow. <laughs> they give me crap for it in the morning. Say I tweet like Magic Johnson. Do you? <laughs> I, mean, I you don't like you don't pop up my feed a ton. I don't really. I don't post too much. Maybe three, four, five times a week. I saw the guilt tweet. Let me see. Let me see what you, I'm going to scroll down. A little I bit. went. I kind of went on a streak last night just because Indiana was making me so mad. I'm going to just find a random Scoots uh, tweet that I just scroll. I'm just scrolling down, scrolling down. Here we go. Okay, that's, this is perfect. Give them a fight, Hoosiers! Exclamation point. That's all it says. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm not very good at Twitter. Give them a fight, Hoosiers! Uh, no likes, no retweets. That's pretty par for the course <laughs> with all my posts. Uh, you did. Uh, you, you did also. You retweeted me on November sixth. Nice. After I think I was tweeting about the pain of the UMBC almost loss. And you said, what a complete bleep show. You, you, you wrote out the word bleep. You didn't actually say the <laughs> S word. And then hashtag hard to watch. It's a good tweet. It's a good tweet. <laughs> no likes, no retweets. One response from an account that no longer exists. <laughs> Texture says, Chris Mack ruined that style of, Louisville, uh, of basketball for Louisville fans, the Tony Bennett style, but I would be jumping for joy. Yeah, I, I think that... Like that's another thing too. We heard about the Mac line, the pack line. People hated the pack line because our defense sucked here under Chris Mack. I'm like, it, w- it would be different under Tony Bennett. Texas, we need a Scoots Gill air out radio show one day. Maybe we'll do that Valentine's Day is a week from today. There's nothing to air out. It's all good. I want for Valentine's. You know, people love the the anti Valentine's Day stuff on Valentine's Day, where it's like the single people unite and yeah. we hate Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. We like an hour where you just rip on Gil. I hate Valentine's Day. Just rip but on Gil. But I don't hour. hate Gil. I can't. I couldn't. From four to five, now, a week from today, we're going to have these Scoots I, Gil hate out. I could not rip on Gil if I wanted to. I did float the idea, though, last year with, uh, or this past summer with KRC about getting him on for a segment. They can just ask him whatever they want. 
I would love to do like a, a therapeutic one hour where I'm like, Gil, <laughs> is there anything about Scoots and the way that he cleans the house that, that bothers you? And just really air it out here. I would like to know what. Make his, it like a Maury Povich show. I would like to know what his qualms would be. I would love, I, I think everybody listening would. Texas people act like we didn't have stretches in Rick's tenure with horrible offense. The 2012 team couldn't score at all. No, they couldn't. They were the, I hate to say this because I've been saying for a while there that I'm, I'm not big on this Kentucky team, but they were the, the sort of the direct inverse of, of of this year's Kentucky team where like their defense was number one in in the country the entire year. Offense ended the season, even after the great run in the Big East tournament and the, the, the NCAA tournament, 112 in adjusted offensive efficiency. They were not a good offensive team. They were just an elite, elite defensive team. And they also, I mean, they, they got a good draw in the NCAA tournament. They didn't have to play UK in the Sweet 16 like Indiana did. They got a Michigan State team that was prone to some offensive lapses, and they held them to 44 points in that game. And they also, like, like when they were forced to score, they found ways to put up points. They would just kind of let Russ Smith go nuts, which is what happened in that Florida game. But, yeah, like, like they definitely were, they were a bad offensive team. There's no way around it. Texter says, Tony Bennett is the most attractive coach available. Does that count for anything? It should. <laughs> is that Mary? <laughs> text it in check the number no <laughs> it could be what if it was she'd be very happy <laughs> Texas if the Chiefs win the NFL is rigged that's all there it is it's rigged Texas I doubt it gets the same traffic uh, that it used to ESPN used to have polls on their homepage every day especially for big games like the Super Bowl I'm assuming they're using a poll like that to gauge maybe Texas Google is listening to people talk. Maybe that's how they get that info. Phone, our phones are 100% listening to oh, us. Oh, yeah. thousand percent, yeah. Like, that went from being like a conspiracy thing to like... So, last week... Remember we were talking about the guy who made the full-length putt uh-huh. at the L game? Mm-hmm. And people were, were bringing up the fact that he was wearing this this Hermes belt. This uh, had the big H on it, which is apparently a very expensive brand. You like, got ads for that? Yeah, like that night, Mary and I were talking. She she brought up something about like she's like, oh, this is Air Maze. I was like, I'd never heard of this, but the guy hit the putt was wearing the belt, and I realized it's a big brand. And like my Instagram feed that night, I've never like Google searched anything about this. I never looked up anything about it. With like it was just like Air Maze ads after Air Maze ad. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Hmm. Like, it's probably going to be again tonight because it's listening to me right now. These phones, they're out to get us. Yeah, they're weird. Text says coward has a message for Scoots regarding his Taylor Swift sensitivity. Am I sensitive to Taylor Swift? I think you're kind of on board. Like you're, you're more. Like I love me, it. Where, yeah, I think it's fantastic. We don't have a problem with the Taylor Swift yeah. stuff. Texas says it's not. Uh, it's not worth watching for the commercials anymore because they stopped being funny for the most part. No one wants to offend anymore, so comedy dies. That's true. Yeah, I mean, think about all 15 years ago. The com- half the commercials probably couldn't be used today. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff now. It's like it's like that quote you used by Rick Pitino earlier. Yeah, can't with say the it. <laughs> with the white cast and the. Egyptian. Egyptian. You, you can't say that anymore. Probably can't say it anymore. I mean, he may be able to get away with it, but Maybe so, yeah. a lot of people can't. Texas Scoots is kind of right. I don't think they're using this data for the holiday candy graphics, but the same company that does TV ratings, Nielsen, also tracks barcodes that are scanned in stores. I work in the spirits industry, and we use Nielsen to track how our products are doing in each market. There you go. Wow. Boom. I'm right about something. I have no idea. Nailed it. About it. Texas Screw Usher, he cheated on Chili. Mm. Wasn't that not true, though? Because Confessions wasn't actually about Usher, the album. It was about Jermaine Dupree. That came out as a revelation a few years ago. Texture says, Wait, Mike, the athletic department does bend to your every whim? Color me shocked. It does not, unfortunately. It should. 
Texas, little did you know? Oh, that's that's the James Madison guy. We love you. Texas says, did Tang sign an extension, Scott Drew or Nate Oates? He did not. Now, what people were talking about, the you know who did sign an extension it was last night or two nights ago, Will Wade. Mm, he gone. I mean, he signed an extension. I love that they were floating it out there because you know we're talking about these figures out there with like. Oh, if you want to buy out NATO, it's $10 million. Mick Cronin, it's $16 million buyout. Eric Musselman's got the cheapest. It's like $5 million. Will Wade just signed a five-year contract extension with McNeese State that will pay him $700,000 annually. His buyout following this season will be $1.25 million, and then $1 million after next season. I was like, oh. I mean, there's no major program that's like, we're not going to touch Will Wade for that $1 mil buyout. Right. Uh, but props to him. Getting it done at McNeese State. But Tang extension... Texas, I attended a Mitch Barnhart speaking engagement a year ago. He went on a random tangent about how Scott Drew ran the best practice in the tournament bubble a few years back. Hmm. Hmm. Texas, Brady Braun must be shadow banned, too. If you search his name and username, you get an old WKU profile, but not his current. I have noticed that, too. Hmm. Because people will be like, Brady, I think on the text line, we've had like Brady Braun bomb, and like I'll try to find it, and you can't you can't find his name. People are wondering what's worse, the porn bots or the shadow banning? The shadow ban. I don't know what they think. Get rid of the shadow ban. Stop worrying about shadow banning people. Just get rid of the porn bots. Come on. Maybe he shouldn't have fired all those people. Maybe. Texas, have you seen the video of Matt Barnes bullying the high school TV announcer? What would you do if that was your son, John, when he's a high school student? I have not seen that, but it doesn't surprise me. Matt Barnes is kind of a douche. Um, that'd be annoying. It'd be terrible. But I've not seen the video. Texas, Mike, ask your wife, uh, Tony Bennett or Michael Buble. Oh, I can, she doesn't she have a thing for Buble. She's all Tony Bennett. Texas says, can't read that. You gotta refresh yours. Do I? Yeah, you're way out of order here. Why does this keep happening? Texture says, "How is there not a Quran cam at card games?" If you really wanted to <laughs> to, to, to lean into it, <laughs> that'd be great. Yeah. Texture says, "How could Kirk's dunk not be your favorite versus Notre Dame? Notre Dame's bench literally jumped out of their seats, and the Notre Dame cheerleaders were stuck to the floor. I don't know where I said that. That it wasn't. Of course, it's my favorite. It's the best." Texas, unfortunately, UofL doesn't play any more teams coached by Leonard Hamilton. Mm. Maybe the conference tournament. You never know. Texas, I've got to go with the Big East Championship game for my favorite Syracuse game. I was there. Best basketball game that I've ever seen in person. But the first half sounded like it was awful. It was, but it just made the second half that much sounds like the Sounds like the best half of basketball. Texas says, even if Louisville wins out at this point, it's below mediocrity. What are we doing here, guys? I agree. Texas, who wins last year's team versus 2013 team near blackout drunk? <laughs> I'm going 2013. Give me, me drunk 13 team. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, some of those guys strike me as guys who could have played a little bit lit. Like Shane, Luke. Some of them may have. They may have. I mean, I, I, I can see them still getting it done while being like four or five deep. <laughs> I guess blackout drunk's a little bit different, but yeah. Texas, I, miss, I missed the beginning of the show, but any thought on the C.L. Brown article? I mean, I everyone's already piled on enough. So C.L. Brown wrote a, wrote a column for the Courier Journal basically saying, like, Louisville owes it to Kenny Payne to give him the rest this year, which is a bold thing to write if you're writing it on December 7th. It's not exactly bold to write it on February. <laughs> you know, we've got nine games left. Of, of, of course they're going to give him the rest of the year. It, it just it felt like an unnecessary thing to say. Like, there's nobody right now. Like, people are, are calling for his job. But everyone's sort of of the same belief that he's going to get the rest of the year. So coming out there and being like, Louisville needs to see what they've got with Kenny Payne the rest of the year on February 7th is just, it's not, 
It's not the hot takey column that I think it would have been if you'd written it even a month ago. He's trying to squeeze the little bit of juice out of that orange. I, 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 if, I like CL a lot. If I didn't like CL, I would write the same thing on like March 3rd and be like, come on, guys, we got to give Kenny Payne the rest of the year. <laughs> Going into the conference tournament, like, let's see what he's got. Texas says, why are people concerned with year three of Kenny when the real question is, will, will there be a year 13 of Zan? Look, I have it on high authority. Zan has another year of eligibility. He's got one year left. The question is, does he spend it here or does he spend it somewhere else? Zan almost got into a fight last game, by the way. Did he? I was ready for Zan to kick some ass. We kind of, he kind of flopped, and then he, he acted like the guy was like pushing him down. But it was good. Texas says, I'm just glad that Ole Miss lost last night, and I hope they continue to lose to take Beard off the board because the broader argument over Beard in much of the fan base on message boards and social media has turned into victim-blaming and who to believe in a domestic conflict. It's gotten ridiculous. Uh, they did lose to South Carolina last night. Lamont Paris. Start talking about him on a little bit come more. Up. Bring him on. Put him on the board. Texas, the most memorable commercials now are things like frogs saying Budweiser. I don't think political correctness is the issue. <laughs> very true good point you could still do the frog saying budweiser now uh the uh what's up <laughs> not politically incorrect. <laughs> that, was, that was great commercial texas instead of watching the cards lose tonight i'll be watching man in the arena on espn plus to see what a real winner looks like also it's the one-year anniversary of the goat retiring how about that i mean come on tom brady you're not in the goat camp i mean he probably is but There's no probably about it either. I'm just not the biggest fan. Texas says the Los Angeles River really came in handy for Tommy Lee Jones and crew in 97 against that volcano when they redirected the lava flow to the Pacific Ocean. They saved the city, man. Also says, who complains about not putting down the toilet seat in that relationship? Is it Scoots or Gill? Uh, we're both pretty good about it. You don't have to put it down. You're men. I mean, I think I always do it out of courtesy anyways. I, I just have been that way my whole life because I've always lived with women, so... I mean, I was, and he does. He does the same. Jesus Christ! Uh, I mean, it gives you you know what to expect walking into the bathroom. There's nothing you've like got go- eyes. Just look down. There is nothing like going into the bathroom at like two thirty in the morning. You know you're not turning on the light, and you just sit on the toilet and the lids up. You just doing a no look plop down. <laughs> yeah, I you mean, gotta at least look. It's t- I'm tired. The NLPD, come on! <laughs> do a no look plop down. Texas' best moment ever in a movie featuring the song Staying Alive was Bigfoot wearing the headphones, listening to it with Goofy and Max Ooh, stuck in a car in a Goofy movie. That's a good call. Goofy movie's great. I'm ready for my kids to watch Goofy movie. We watched Goofy like uh, parts of it during Christmas time, but not uh, the, the other Goofy Great movie. soundtrack, too. Yeah, for sure. All right, uh, games tonight. Obviously, we're going to pick the cards game in just a second, but we've got some other big, uh, big college basketball showdowns. The old rivalry in Alabama tonight, number 16, Alabama. On the road, taking on number 12, Auburn. The Crimson Tide won the first game in Tuscaloosa. Auburn's a five-and-a-half-point home favorite tonight. Scoot, who you got? I think Auburn wins, Alabama covers. I got Auburn winning and covering. Ooh. I think that they're, they're out for blood. It was a bad blood there. Um, now we got bad, bad blood. blood. Uh, Auburn wins, Auburn covers tonight. Uh, the other game outside of Louisville of note tonight nationally is, uh, well, that game actually kind of sucks. I'm not going to pick that. Wisconsin's on the road taking on Michigan. They're a seven-and-a-half-point favorite, whatever. Creighton, number 19, on the road taking on Providence. Creighton is a two-and-a-half-point road favorite. Providence still adjusting to life without Bryce Hopkins. They probably need this win to get back on the right side of the bubble momentarily. Who gets it tonight? I think Providence gets it done. Really? Yep. Wins outright. I'm going to take Creighton. I almost like said uh, uh, on a, a show, 
that Creighton was the Final Four contender that not enough people were talking about, and they promptly played like absolute crap over the weekend uh, when they lost to Butler. I think they win tonight. I think they get it done on the road and take down Providence at the Dunkin' Donuts Center. I don't care what it is now. It's the dunk. Uh, tonight, 7 o'clock, you'll hear it on 970 WGTK, or you're watching on the ACC Network. Louisville against Syracuse. Scoots, what happens in this one? I think Louisville's going to keep this one really close. I think it'll be an entertaining game throughout, but ultimately they fall by four. I, I was going to say the same thing. I've, I'm calling my shot here. I've been close so far this year. I feel like I'm going to nail, nail the score prediction exactly right. It's time. I'm calling my shot. Syracuse 78, Louisville 74. Hope I'm wrong. Hope we're celebrating a Cardinal victory. Tomorrow, regardless, we'll be back here at 3 o'clock. Everyone enjoy your Wednesday evening. Go Cards. Let me cry.